Welcome to the Anime Backlog, a podcast featuring three weebs forcing each other to finally watch each other's anime recommendations. A note that episodes will contain spoilers about that week's featured anime and will have explicit language. You can follow the show for updates on Twitter at the Anime Backlog. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Friends, and welcome to the Anime Backlog Podcast. podcast a podcast, podcast. where. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> a podcast where three weebs sit around and force each other to watch each other's anime backlogs and recommendations. I am your host of this week, Marcus Rothenberg. I am joined as always by my lovely co hosts, Daniel Book. Hello, listeners. And Nicholas Sparts. Hello, hello, hello. And this week I am back in the host chair as the arbiter of your fate. We are coming off of a strange string of animes. And I wanted to assign something that I enjoy the shit out of. And it's something that I did not expect to enjoy the shit out of. This was something that back when I started it, I started it just on a whim because I didn't know what else to watch. And I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll watch this thing. And then I ended up falling in love with it. So before before we get into it, do you guys have any guesses of what it might be or what you hope it might be? I have a guess. I have not looked at the list in a long time, so I do not have any immediate guesses. I, I assume it's Shangri-La Frontier. That is a guess. Or I guess the other one, my second pick would be Blue Eye Samurai. That is also a guess. I, I, well, I can I can tell you it's not Blue Eye Samurai, mostly because I keep forgetting about it. Oh well, <laughs> if you keep forgetting about it, that's probably not worth well. Not, doing. not forget not forgetting about it. It's just that it has forty five minute episodes, so that's somewhat oh. off the table for me. So like same with Pluto, where I enjoy the shit out of it and it's very good, but anytime where the episodes are that long, there's just so much happening from episode to episode that I think it would be kind of hard for us to parse out in this format, especially Pluto. So much fucking happens in every goddamn episode of Pluto. But the anime that I'm assigning, we live in a world so saturated with games that it's hard to keep up. In fact, most are released with little fanfare and fade into obscurity. But there's one that's captured the imagination of the masses. A fully immersive VR MMO that boasts over 30 million players worldwide. The definitive AAA experience, Shangri-La Frontier. (laughs) Good guess, Dan. All right. (laughs) Let's keep talking about it. Yeah. So (laughs) this guy has a 7.97 on Mal currently. Oh, that's high. Yeah. Uh, The Mal synapsis. High school student Rakuro Hizatome has a peculiar hobby of playing poorly made games, ones that are unbalanced or are filled with so many bugs that make them, a bur- make them borderline unplayable. The few who share his hobby might recognize him by his in-game name, Sunraku. 
For his next game, Rockero has recommended Shangri-La Frontier, a popular and well-received virtual reality game as a breather from the terrible games he has been playing recently. Once he boots up the game, Rockero decides to sell off most of his starting gear to gain extra money, leaving himself with only a pair of boxers, a bird mask, and some weapons. He is instantly hooked as he meticulously levels up his avatar. However, after encountering some intimidating monsters, he realizes that may, he may have underestimated the challenge that a mainstream game can offer. As Rockero progresses, he must draw on all the skills he has perfected from his previous gaming experiences. Before long, Sunraku's eccentric playstyle takes Shangri-La Frontier by storm. So like I said, 7.97 on Mal. I started this just on a whim, just because I was like, oh, whatever, this looks like it might be just something to watch in the background. Like, I just thought it was going to be another, like, MMO, not quite isekai, but that same, like, the vibe. Sword Art Online, yeah. where it's like that interface kind of thing. Uh, but low stakes because he's not trapped in the game. He doesn't die in real life if he dies in the game. Nothing like that. So I was like, whatever, I'll check it out. God damn, I love this. I love this a lot. And I am assigning to you all specifically the English dub. Okay. And that is because there are a lot of comedy bits in this and also a lot of references that are the localization team did a great job of catering to Western audiences. So there are a lot of video game references and things like that, and even like video game meme references and internet culture that do not appear in the sub, or at least don't appear in the same way. So they're still, the jokes are still there, but they're made more uh, localized to us hmm. in a way that okay. I think will hit harder for us. And especially, I know both of y'all have been in the video game trenches there's a lot of stuff in here that I think you'll see what I mean when you come across it. So yeah, for this English dub, I am assigning 10 episodes. I am going to throw out the caveat here that arcs in this are a little weird hmm. because a lot of arcs will wrap up mid-episode and then it'll start a new arc in that same episode. So it's hard to end. Like I can't say, oh, end on episode eight and that's the very end of this arc kind of thing. I was going to end it on 9, but there's like a short little mini arc in 9 and 10 that has some very good jokes in it that I just kind of want you guys to hear. Okay. So 10 episodes. This All is right. one that if anyone's been in a guild in World of Warcraft, played a shitload of Guild Wars, played Rift, uh, Neverwinter, Elder Scrolls Online, if you've played MMOs, you're probably going to enjoy this. If you've played RPGs, your Final Fantasies, your Dragon Quests, or I failed to mention it, Final Fantasy XIV Online. How could you forget the critically acclaimed MMORPG I, Final Fantasy XIV? I know. With a free trial up to level 70. Shut the fuck up. We're not even <laughs> sponsored, Dan. But, unless. But. Oh, man, that'd be sick. I think if you've played video games, you're gonna like this. If you've been on the internet as a gamer, you're gonna like this. And it's one that I feel like. 10 episodes is enough because it doesn't end at 12 episodes. That's not the end of the first season. So it's still currently airing. So it's still yeah. currently airing. Yeah. But I feel like you're going to know pretty quick if you like this or not. But for me, I knew pretty quick that I enjoyed it, but then it just got better and better and better for me. And I, I enjoyed it more. 
I've heard good things. I've heard that it seems like the creators actually play and like video games, which often does not seem to be the case for people who write video games into their stories. Yeah. It's like, why include video games if you don't actually like and care about video games? But right. that mm-hmm. seems to happen a lot. Whereas this one, it seems like people actually understand games and why people play them and enjoy them and connect it well to the story. So I've heard very good things about that. So I'm excited to give this one a watch. Um, I don't know if it's going to perfectly be my cup of tea, but it should be at least close enough with some of the comedy you mentioned that I should enjoy it. I Honestly, this so, one was a weird one for me because I think it will be Dan's cup of tea. Dan, because I know how much you enjoy Bofuri and how it's just a fun time. Mm-hmm. This isn't as like cute, wholesome as Bofuri, but it's got that like MMO playing a game fun time. Nick, I think this would be more up your alley just because I know you were fucking deep in them World of Warcraft trenches. Like, so a lot of that I think is going to hit for you well. But also, it's just fun. It's just fun. It's just a fun anime. Like, I, there's no wild drama or hard hitting war crimes or panty shots that are perfect for the plot or <laughs> that, like, give away the mystery. It's just a fun time. It's this, just a fun time for gamers. This is another Tencent produced show, which is really weird. Tencent Japan has been putting their fingers in a lot of fucking shows. Great. And the but, studio is C2C, Challenge to Challenge, which. Fuck's that? I don't recognize a lot of their other. Well, I recognize one. Um, they, they, did, they, they did reincarnated as a sword. Yep, they did Sword Dad, they did Handyman Saito, which I watched Saito. Um, I watched some of that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, at least the studio's done a couple They did one things. of the Tenshi Muyos. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, the thing about this is, too, is it, it it's done well. So, like, the fight scenes that are there are not just there to inform the plot. They're good fight scenes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the like vistas and animation is not there just to like oh well we have to show a mountain so whatever here's a mountain it's done well there's a lot of love and care that went into this English voice actors fucking killing this localization team for the translations fucking killing this this is I really like this I enjoy this way more than I thought I would and I'm I'm hoping you guys will too to be honest all right so. Look forward to it. We got 10 episodes to get through, and I got to try to finish that before I go to KC in like three days. Get on it. It's bingeable. I'll say that much. Hmm. All right. So we'll see. Yeah, I saw the, the, I saw the like cover art of this show mm-hmm. um, a while back, and it looked like a Shaman King, like generic, like just at a glance, it looked like a kid's show, garbage show. And I was like, all right. I'm ignoring that because, you know, it's some, like I said, Shaman King or like Fox Kids. Yeah. And 90s like. So but now you you said you were liking it. I was like, well, you know, I guess they're into Avatar. So the kids shows might still be okay for for Marcus. But uh, (laughs) what's wrong with Avatar? I've I've had I've, I've had zero interest in Avatar the whole time. It's been a thing. That is insane to me just not interested in it. it just seemed just I'm, I'm not the target audience but i've seen some other like screenshots on their mal of the mm-hmm. show 
And it looks like they animated the shit out of it. Just that they one did. that one photo is just it just looked hella generic with like a doofy main character. Mm-hmm. And, and the red text title doesn't help it. Cause so many things did the red text title with like the bold outline. Mm. So I get what you mean. Yeah, I, I linked it in our uh, the the chat. It has like the main character with his swords out, and then just a couple characters in the background, and I guess mm-hmm. some snake thing being killed. I don't know. It just looked like yeah, some Fox Kids garbage show. But it looks. I'm, like, I'm hoping it. I'm hoping it surpasses that for you guys. Well, hopefully, and I'm actually pretty confident that it will. Otherwise, I wouldn't have assigned this. To be honest, I don't know. If that's where I watched just, One Piece. If it was just <laughs> meh, I wouldn't assign this, but I think this is far more better than meh. Also, yeah. 7.97 on Mal. Like, we know how that is inconsistent true. with what we like. <laughs> true. But new show, so it's not like a cult classic type mm-hmm. of high rating thing. It's not a nostalgia glasses uh, thing. Recency bias. Still. But we'll see. Yeah, it, it seems, I don't know. You, your description and the mal description, I'm more interested in it than I was before, for sure. Okay. Uh, any final thoughts before we cue the mas- magical musical interlude? Nope. I think I'm ready. We're ready to say catch you on the other side. All right. All right. See you on the other side. See you. And welcome back to the Anime Backlog Podcast! Cast, 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 (laughs) cast. Thank you for joining us for that little musical interlude. We have just watched the first ten episodes of Shangri-La Frontier. I initially assigned the dub, but someone was fucking weak. And they tapped out. (laughs) I think I spent five days not watching the show because I was like, man, I do not. I'll go into it. What was your problem with the dub? (laughs) um, The first two episodes, it's basically just the main character talking. And I. Yeah. It is like everything wrong with how current English dubs are. Like, he did a good job. His direction is what I dislike about all English dubs now, it seems like. That's it's all really over the top, dare I say, cartoony. And uh, I don't know how to it, tell you this, my guy, but that's anime, period. Yeah. And when the language barrier is there, it helps inform the like what they're trying to say, like the over the top emotion informs what I'm reading. But whenever I'm just hearing it and it's 117 percent emotion and it's just one dude screaming for two episodes straight. Like he, he he did a good job, but just it just it just bothered the hell out of me. I was like, man, I cannot stand it. I was like, man, what is the, what? I gotta be honest. This is like up there with pinnacle of dubs for me right now. 
Well, it was just the main character because, like I said, two episodes of him just talking and Ray was fine. And then I didn't really get to meet any other characters to, you know, be able to see what the rest of the dub was like. But no, I just couldn't stand the main character. I don't know. He did a good job, but whoever directed him made him something I couldn't stand. I Yeah, I had zero issues with it. I didn't even try switching to the sub because I'm like, dub's good. We're good. We're rolling. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, yeah. I I obviously hard disagree with you, Dan, but to each their own. So, I mean, let's get into it. What what did you guys, before we jump into the episode to episode of the show, what did we think? Um, I, I guess I already gave some of my opinion. Um, <laughs> dub aside... The show started really slow, and I thought it was a ultra mid show, like the first two or three episodes. But again, I was in the dub, so I was being colored on like my opinion of it. I was hard meh. It was a hard five, and uh, and then we met Emul, and the other characters started showing up, and then it's kind of the plot started rolling. Uh, and I, I started enjoying it. Like the 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 OP is baller. Yeah. Animation, while normally really good, tanks a couple of times, and uh, but they, it seems like they saved it for certain key moments, which I'll mostly let slide. Uh, but sometimes there was like the this big quad beetle was chasing them once, and it was literally just like a still clip art, and the camera was moving around it. It was it was pretty jank. And then how many times did we have to hear the the rock buster attack? It was four times, I think. The whenever Max Attack showed up, or whatever oh, Attack oh, Master yeah, yeah. showed up, we saw that like four times, and I was like, "Wow, they're really milking that fucking mediocre scene for everything it's worth." <laughs> uh, but I'm into the plot of this, you know, and the animation, music's really good, voice acting in the subs solid. Uh, yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Nick. I do not have nearly as many criticisms. Uh, <laughs> I thought it generally hit the right tone for this type of show where it's kind of like an action comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, creator who wrote this plus the studios re- understood the assignment and get what it means to actually like video games and what a cool video game should actually look like. Like just the show, if they're like, hey, by the way, we're actually releasing this VR game as well. I'd be like, OK, I'm interested. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they released this as a VR game, it would it would revolutionize the whole fucking uh, game genre. Yeah, because even the mechanics they include, like in the script, sound cool and interesting and mm-hmm. well thought out. Like someone probably understood some video game design. Whoever wrote this understood what it meant to like build a video game. So all that hit really well. I liked a lot of the character interactions and interactions with the environment. And yeah, I don't have a lot of hard complaints about this outside of just a handful of the jokes not really landing. Um, hmm. Specifically, I'm forgetting her real life name, but the Cyber Zero Ray. player. Ray. Ray, yeah. Her mm-hmm. like constant pursuit of uh, Sunraku kind of gets a little old, but... It, it's it's pretty old by episode 10 already. Like I, I want more interesting things for her character to do other than be obsessed with the main character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably the weakest major plot line going on so far because pretty much everything else is at least refreshing and interesting for all the previous like video gamey anime that have come out. This I think is the best execution. So I was a little sad to stop at ten episodes. 
Um, also, as much as you two have hyped up the OP, I actually have to say the ED is on level, if not better, in my opinion. Oh, I love the ED. The ED is good, but I'm a sucker for that metal. <laughs> Give me that metal. <laughs> the metal is the metal is good, but I'm a big fan of uh, Chico, who does the uh, outro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys know how I feel. I love this shit. Let's yeah. hop into it. Episode one. What do you play games for? So basically at this point we are thrown into a world where VR gaming is the norm. It's not like these console wars, Xbox, PlayStation, whatever. Basically everyone is playing VR games. And even like the shitty games, because this guy, our main character, Rakuro Hizutome, he likes playing shit fucking games. Like that's well, it his- seems to be shit games that make it like difficult for the player due to how shit they are yeah yeah like not like shit because it's a good challenge but shit because it's broken like hit boxes aren't lining up like undodgeable attacks or skills <laughs> like that... you and armored core dude god damn, i didn't want to say it i did not want to say it because i fucking love armored core yeah, the, the, the laser charged, like the double swing, it, its hitbox is wonky. It's still a little wonky. Dude, when I <laughs> first started playing Armored Core, I was losing my goddamn mind because I'm like, I know this is good, but I am getting hit by shit that I am not getting hit by on my screen. Like, this motherfucker is above me swinging a sword horizontally, but it hits me directly below him. How the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. Shit like that. Oh, this explosion hit 30 yards away, but my health goes down? Cool. What the fuck? So, but. <laughs> and I kind of took this whole, uh, sh- like, just the piles and piles of shit games being released to kind of be a reference to when, like, the Nintendo Wii first came out and just how much shovelware came out for that mm. platform. Oh, bro, the Switch is still like that. Yeah, I know the Switch has it too, but the amount of just absolute trash that came out for the Wii versus actually good titles was so like wonky that I'm like okay I'm kind of reading into this as an allegory for like hey this is an inventive new thing let's just shovel out a bunch of shit for it. It's called shovelware for a reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah like why is why is VR like why are there like only one real game out like it's Half-Life Alex. the rest are all seem to be half-assed just tacked on VR and then you just like yeah. stand in one spot and then shoot a zombie as it walks at you very slowly. Or, or they're novelty games where it's or like... Or they're novelty games like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm fixing this car. Mm-hmm. Doot, doot. You know, it, they're, they're fun and all. Although, so while it got gaming down pretty good, he got way too excited. He's like, oh, this is a real AAA experience. It's like Starfield's a AAA experience. What are you talking about? There are, AAA is not what it used to be. I mean, the Ubisoft exec says, no, Skull and Bones is quadruple A. Get, get out of here. I would be loath to call Starfield a triple A game. It's a triple A studio. Yep. But by it the, is 100%. By the true definition, it is a triple A game, but that was not really the meaning that Senraku was giving yeah. it. Like, yeah. He's like, this is a game that has had a lot of budget and polish and quality put into it, is what he was meaning. Mm-hmm. Not the, it, like, this is a big time studio game necessarily. Yeah. Like Larian is on the cusp because they they keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger, but every product they come out with is always fire, right? Mm-hmm. But they're not necessarily triple A just because they're still a small indie studio. <laughs> well, I would one hundred percent call Baldur's small. Gate triple A. 
it's we have if that's not triple a <laughs> it's, it's about like how what? big monolithic the company is and how much money is put into it larian's still relatively small they put a fuck ton of money in Baldur's Gate three yeah. though. Like, oh yeah, are, they got that D and D money. Tangent though. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll just cut that out. Just cut that out. Um, <laughs> but the so this trash gamer thing, while it was kind of fun early, I was really tired of the trash gamer trash thing, just constantly being beat over our head. Like, oh, it's the trash gamer. Oh, he just loves those trash games. And it's like, all right, yeah, I know, we know, everyone knows. <laughs> uh, but. Very small gripe. Very small gripe. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, uh, the 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 first game that he was playing when he like beat it and he immediately kicks the elf in the face or or whatever. Yeah, uh, Feria Online. Audra was like, "Is this trash?" <laughs> no, like, the game is. Yes, that's the plot. Yeah, 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 <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. And, and that game sounds horrific. Where it sounds like it's basically one long escort quest. That's Dude. like nightmare fuel. <laughs> mm-hmm. It yeah, it does. But so he's playing this game and he he beats it. It's a garbage fucking experience. And he even puts it in his never play again pile. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next day he goes to the like his local game store. And it's run by this lady named Mana. It's called Rock Roll Games. And she's pushing hard for him to play this new AAA title. It's got 30 million players worldwide. The best fucking MMR, uh, MMORPG to hit shelves in f- forever. And so he decides, you know what, fuck it, I've been in the depths for too long, I'll play this game. And basically this is kind of our introduction to what the show is. He loads into this game, creates already a meme character, which I appreciated mm-hmm. right out of the gate, because that's exactly what my Final Fantasy fourteen experience was. This felt a lot like Dark Souls, the MMO, where yeah. he made the dumbest looking character. He, <laughs> well, not the dumbest overall, just had a funny hat. Yeah. Um, and then was like, oh, I'm just going to go for a no hit run. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go. <laughs> Glass cannon, no hit, let's go. The Dark Souls parallels are great for me. Like they hit, And they even had the Dark Souls 3 case in the back at the game mm-hmm. store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, I appreciated yeah. quite a bit. Also, the game store, the screens would just have literal footage of other video games. Yeah. Which I thought was hilarious. Like, well, we, we can't animate that. Let's just uh, let's, let's just slap some game footage in there. <laughs> let's just put it in. Like, fuck it. Also, why is AMD associated with... Every, every time I saw the credits and, like, the intro would go by and, like, uh, AMD yeah. is, is, is involved. I don't get it either. I don't know. <laughs> Probably a partnering or licensing thing. Yeah. Or maybe they had like consultants from AMD, like, hey, you guys are game devs. Help us write this. I don't know. That would be cool. Because, yeah, I know, especially in Japan, like how they make anime is like it's a council of different companies like come together to start the project. So I wonder if this was so gaming heavy, they just brought in AMD as a consultant. Mm-hmm. Maybe. But yeah, so he loads into this game, makes this meme character kind of out of the gate who's wearing a bird mask and, like, kind of shitty gear. And he basically doesn't spawn in on the first town because he picked the Wanderer playstyle. And that character class basically loads in into a random area in the starting area. So he's like, okay, well, here's the first town. I'm going to grind around a little bit, explore and fight and get the, like, mechanics down. And he encounters what's called a Vorpal Bunny, which is like a rare spawn. 
And he's immediately like, I got to get them fucking knives. I need that shit. So he's basically grinding for hours trying to get this, like, really low percentage drop. Which I thought, in my head, well, that's dumb. Why would you do that for a first weapon in the first area? And then I also thought, oh, I've done that. So I can't really talk shit. Yeah, it's never the ideal strategy. Because you you just want to level up as quickly as you can so you can get to the (laughs) endgame loot. But... I've definitely done it. <laughs> We've all been there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> me watching someone else do it, I'm like, that's dumb. But then me playing a game, <laughs> you I'm like, idiot. <laughs> I got to get I gotta get those fucking red sparkly daggers. I need those. He eventually does get a twin set of these, like, Vorpal Choppers is what they're called. And by the time he looks up, he's like, oh, I'm nowhere close to the first town. I'm pretty close to the second town. Fuck it. I'll just go to the second town first. Mm-hmm. Which... Their their names, the names for their towns. (laughs) I forgot exactly what they were, but they're always like first something, Uh, thirstia, and secondale, thirdrema, thirdrema. Yeah, yeah. I I do like that naming convention for the them having this be like the biggest best game of all time. um, But then the CEO is is the developer, and it's like "Mm, doubt, doubt, (laughs) hardcore doubt. that's not gonna happen. It's always it's always suits, and then they they, mm-hmm. they ruin it. Um, but this so so other than him immediately doing a reverse grip, which I was like, oh, Jesus, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking re- there are there are times when reverse grips make perfect sense, but not that shouldn't be your default. And uh, but the the animation out of the gate was pretty solid. Uh. The, the the energy was 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 nice. I was already bored with him just only narrating everything mm-hmm. in his inner monologue, and uh, and I think that is well. I, I get that they were just trying to set up the like start of the show. Like here's the like here's a level set. Here's the character. Here's kind of the game. Let's go. And then, and and then that was fine for episode one. But then they just kept doing it for two for two. And that's when I was like, man, I can't do this. And I I'll admit. I kind of forgot about that bit because in my head, the show is Sunraku with Emil palling around doing shit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's, that's good stuff. That's peak. That That's where I was like think, coming at this from. And I kind of forgot that he doesn't meet Emil for a couple episodes. Um, but in this first episode also, uh, we're introduced to Ray, who has a huge fucking crush on Sunraku. And she wants to like meet up with him in game. She's been playing the fuck out of Shangri-La Frontier. Yeah, she is a hardcore player. She is, like, top level. She's max level, has, like, every attack fucking maxed out, huge gear, like, big bitch status. And she loads in, goes to the first town, and she's like, I don't know where he is. I can't find him. Yeah, the bits where it just has her standing in the town. People think it's a statue. And then the, the damn, that, like, newbie elf archer that was constantly trying oh to my God. <laughs> attack her. That was uh, hilarious. I have made that joke in D&D so much where it's like, a child approaches you from the woods and then I just mime cocking a bow and arrow <laughs> like every single time. And his buddies or her buddy was like, no, 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 no. no we no, don't want to yeah. be player killers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which also, yeah, that's... I hope that man, I hope that man has all the success in life. Yeah, he was trying to schmooze that new character person, right? That was the, his his shit. It was his, his crush in real life that he convinced to play the game. 
Yeah, and he was trying to be cool. But then so he was just like, babysitting. <laughs> well, so, and so it's, to me, it's also like the opposite dynamic of mm. Ray and Hizotome. Because it's like they both want each other to play the game, but they're not playing at all. She's the, the like mad fucking veteran. Whereas Sunraku's like the noob kind of plotting his way through this. And then in this scenario, they do meet up. They're playing together, and he's helping her through. So it really is like the opposite dynamic sure. that, I, and I like it in a weird way. But the, the, kind of leads us to, yeah, the first fight that really pops off though is him facing the snake boss to get to the second town. The poop yeah. snake, episode poop two, snake. the poop snake. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought the character, the the snake's design was interesting, mm-hmm. uh, and they. Uh, that that was a, a fun fight, and I initially didn't like, but then I started really enjoying the whenever he would like critical, and it would pop up the pop like, comic up text. I don't get tired of that. So initially, I, I didn't like it, but then I, for a moment, I thought about the Dragon Ball Super movie, <laughs> where <laughs> Piccolo's fighting the guys like, why can I see letters when you hit me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then it kind of reframed it, and I was like, oh yeah, this is funny. Mm-hmm. Well, and also it's a video game. Like yeah. we see that in video games. Like we play a lot of video games just to see bigger numbers. Yeah, that's, like, that's what I was like. You don't see numbers. What's the point of playing this game? Yeah, <laughs> like got to look cool and you got to put out big numbers. That's big numbers. That's, the, that's what matters. <laughs> I want my yellow number to be an orange number. That's how I know I've made it. Mm-hmm. Let's turn that B into a T. That's a Diablo <laughs> three reference. Yes. Um, but at this point. He is fighting this area, and not quite an area boss, but it's like guarding the bridge to the next town. And it was like a suggested party size of, I think, three players, three or four. Three or four, something like that, yeah. And he's and, trying to solo it, basically. And basically at the level he's at, I think it was supposed to be like three players, 11 plus level, and he was like level 12. Yeah. And at first, coming at this from an MMO standpoint, this was kind of a gripe of mine, I will admit, of he can just like fight anything because in an MMO, if something is, if it's too high of a level gap, you're just not doing damage at all. Yeah. Your number is not enough to beat their number. Yeah. That's what, so, but I also, I like that because well, I was like, Oh was, God, an, a skill based MMO, please. That's what I was going to say. I was like, from an MMO standpoint, I was like, man, that's not how MMOs work. But then you think about a game like dark souls or something where anybody can fight anything and win. it's just going to be much, much harder. And so when I frame it as like, oh, what if Dark Souls was an MMO kind of thing, like skill-based like this, now I'm in. Now I like it. FromSoft, get on it. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely not a exact replica of modern MMOs. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. this, is, this is pulling in some stuff from some other games or genres into mm-hmm. it. Well, and that's why I had to get out of my head for that. Because mm-hmm. like also in a later episode where he's fighting the other high-level players, I'm like, he wouldn't be able to even do damage to him. And it's like, no, you're thinking yeah. about this the wrong way. I was thinking That's about not like how um, every game works. Like, did you guys do sword art? Would you watch the, at I least did, the first yeah. half? The 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 Kirito scene where he's standing on the bridge and the PKers are just swinging at him. And he's like, you can't even beat my regen. Like you, yeah. you losers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, obviously the plot they've gone for for this game of like the trash gamer coming in and being really good at it doesn't work in standard MMO setting. So mm-hmm. it has to be at least be a little different. I don't know. Some of it does because I have played some garbage ass MMOs 
And then they have definitely made me better at other MMOs. Yeah, but not like fighting player killers 30 levels higher than Yeah, you. yeah. Not like, well, <laughs> I mean, even and then. I'm specifically like Sea of Thieves. There's no way I should have been able to pull off some of the shit I pulled in Sea of Thieves. I yeah, play that, that game seems to less, fucking pirate. That seems less gear focused. It's it is less gear focused, but I mean there's other games where that is the case like mm. Guild Wars 2 PVP. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I was a fucking god. <laughs> and I think that came from playing shittier MMO PVP. Mm. Where it's like a oh no no, I just got to be better. Um so I did appreciate it in that sense. And especially if you go like a fighting game, if you go from a bad fighting game to a good fighting game, Holy shit. That bar is going to be, that learning curve is going to be much, much lower. Because oh. you're used to dealing with the shit. And then the other part I should say I like is I love him constantly just bumping his luck over and over and over again every time he oh, levels yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, like, the luck. I don't know what it does, but it sounds cool. <laughs> Let's keep bumping. Yeah, back. no, this was totally giving me like Bofuri vibes. Yeah. Whenever he's just like, yep. I'm just gonna do agility, speed, and luck. Agility, speed, and luck. That's all I'm doing. And I, I'm currently watching solo leveling, and he's kind of mm-hmm. doing similar things. Bofuri was just full on. <laughs> just oh, I only put points in defense. That's the whole. That's the title of the show. <laughs> yep, I love it. It's it's a cozy show. Uh, yeah, this one was more in the comedy. Uh, and so so he he fights the poo snake. He solos it, but then he's poisoned. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what, a tick a second or something like that? Yeah, and yeah. he's like, I got to get to the next town. Because he's so, got pretty low health or, at this no, point. No, it, it was one damage every 10 seconds. Yeah, a tick. Yeah, a tick. I, you never right. heard that phrase? I guess not, no. He need to be playing <laughs> more MMOs. <laughs> <laughs> more nuts. Yeah. DPS very fast, but very slowly. <laughs> I, I, I played a ton of WoW, but yeah, that's... All the DPS was on different timer or uh, hots or dots were on different timers, so there wasn't ever called like a tick. Weird. Yeah, That's pretty I, standard WoW vernacular. I thought that was pretty universal. Yeah. Each each instance of it going whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so he's sprinting into town. That's when we meet our uh, newbies who uh, mistake him for monster. Uh, and then to oh, well, credit, the girl does the girl does the guy's like hey uh he must be poisoned from the snake boss ends <laughs> right over there <laughs> I, I appreciated that and you have to be asleep before you die or it doesn't save yeah yeah you have to yeah. get to a bed like he gave he that dude had so much like awareness he knew exactly what was going on and he gave him the exact information he needed <laughs> in like a I, five second span yeah i you know and MVP. then he even explained to like his, uh, his friend like, oh, yeah, this happened a lot when the game first came out. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I appreciate that because that's something that everybody goes through or plots through a problem in early release. And then now it's common knowledge mm-hmm. to pass on to the new players. Like, yeah, that's fucking accurate to video games. I, I, I appreciated that. But, yeah, at this point, he barely makes it to the end in the bed to not die and like set his well he does die but he sets his new spawn point yeah to the second dale in um then we get a little bit of a shopping bit like D shopping episode where he's going to the blacksmith and he kind of learns about um like cra- weapon crafting and stuff like that 
so the blacksmith tells him, like, oh, I need Dire Marsh Swamp Ore in order for you to, like, make these specific, like, Dire Marsh daggers. And so he goes to this swamp. And I appreciated the swamp because this was also very Dark Souls vibes of, oh, you can't run here. <laughs> yeah, get bent. <laughs> I'm scared. Man, if it was poison, I'd be like, damn. <laughs> oh, man, I thought it too. <laughs> Whenever they said dire marsh, I was like, there's uh, always a fucking poison swamp in these goddamn games. <laughs> can we please have a different fucking area? You can even make it slow poison something else. I'm just tired of swamp. Don't make it a swamp. It's always a swamp. But he, so he's mining and he meets this, the square ass frog, which <laughs> I got a kick out of. Uh, and he's, he's learning the game mechanics of like, I can't move very fast in the swamp. Really wants to kill this frog. But then he, he mines up a bunch of stuff and I guess got a couple lucky rolls and mm-hmm. got some higher tier ore. Well, no, he got a drop from the frog, I believe. He, he got both. Yeah. So it mm-hmm. was, he got a drop from the frog and then realized this must be something else that drops here. Hmm. Okay. And then he got more from both mining and killing the frogs as well. Yeah. So he, he got some cool stuff and then they cut to um, these, I guess it's like nighttime outside of the second city and these goblin red caps. Well, right before that, he mm. gets the daggers made mm-hmm. and. That's when the blacksmith, because he also not- notes the AI and, like, how good the conversations with NPCs are. So they set us up for that. Where it's Man. like, oh, I'm having a good conversation. This AI is crazy. That's and, the future. Well, and the blacksmith is like, oh, it's getting dark. Be careful, traveler. You don't want to go out in gear like that. You'll get your shit pushed in. And he doesn't word it that way. <laughs> but <laughs> Man, this AI is popping off. <laughs> He's good. But, of course, Sunraku is like, oh, shit tougher mobs at night i gotta i gotta go out there. yeah sick and then that's when he goes out with his new daggers and he's wearing like kind of this uh like slipskin frog leather armor and he's encountered that's when he encounters those red cap goblins mm-hmm. and they are putting up a fight mm-hmm. and it's just like what is it just one initially or yeah, like it's a couple one at first yeah, but then they keep calling one. friends <laughs> and yeah they keep calling friends the goddamn murlocs of, uh, yeah, yeah, man. man, was a deep, deep sea, open ocean was some quest back in the day. And it was an alliance quest. I played Horde and I knew about it where <laughs> Murlocs, you'd be in a boat. There's like a chest at the bottom underwater. So you, you had your little breathing bar. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, the damn Murlocs could flee through the walls. And then oh, there yeah. were early vanilla. That was super painful. And then they yeah. would go grab 30 of their best friends. <laughs> Yep. To um, come say hello. Yep. And then you drown, panicking. Yeah. Uh, but the yeah, this you, damn red, red cap <laughs> army shows up. Well, and at first, so he's going to just try and like, well, they're going to kill me, but I'm going to take down as many of them as I can to try and get as much experience as I can. All of a sudden, this loud noise breaks out, and they all get fucking blown away. Like, they get marked immediately. And Sunraku's kind of like, uh, what the fuck am I up against? And we see this big shadowy wolf thing. And it's got this big ass health bar with the name tag Lycagon the Night Slayer. And he's kind of like, oh, a fucking rare spawn. Let's go. Let's get it. 
And he's trying real hard to fight this thing. And I appreciated that it's like, a, oh, no, I can't do shit. I got to just kind of parry and counter. Mm-hmm. That's all the fuck I can do. And again, I was met with that Dark Souls thing where it's like, yep. damn, I can't do shit against this guy. Yeah, and I've been playing Elden Ring again, so it's uh, been <laughs> a yeah. lot of parallels, uh, which has been a lot of fun. But yeah, because he's hitting these like perfectly timed parries, which allow him to do super cool counters and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, yeah, that's the stuff. I suck <laughs> at parries. I'm a, I'm a fucking scrub at parries in Dark Souls. Uh, but the wolf is, you know, overwhelming, mm-hmm. and he's barely hanging on. The wolf starts... Teleporting in and out, like or like phasing, phasing in out. and out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's, I guess, get some good licks in, and then the wolf's like, <laughs> phase two, brother. And then, like, this <laughs> yeah. lightning bolt takes his legs out. <laughs> that or it was a uh, timer got hit, and he just enraged. <laughs> yeah, he enraged oh, timer. Oh, yeah, enraged timer. Uh, good old rage timers. Oh, um, boy. The one thing I will have to disagree with is they're like, oh, yeah, 30 million people play this game, and no one's defeated any of these guys. I'm like, that's bullshit. Like no. someone would have by now. There are some sweats out there. Oh yeah, and they I, will do everything. I don't care how sweaty Sunraku is compared to your average dude. There's enough other sweaty dudes that they would have figured this out by now. Well, and I think part of it, I don't, uh, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not because I can't remember when they mention it. Not all of them have been encountered. Yeah, they seem like the their their spawn requirements. And this is something that I'm like jealous of of them playing this game is not everything is known a hundred percent of the way going yeah. into it, and they don't explain everything to your face. And while it kind of sucks, like missing out on you know cool secret shit, but also having that mystery in the yeah. world, even though thirty million people are playing, there's new shit constantly to mm-hmm. to, to find. That's yeah, a lot of fun. It, and what comes up later, but. People on the forums like, I just saw a new thing. What the fuck is it? And everyone like trying to figure it out. Yeah, that would be Bro, tight to be per- playing to release. I, playing release. Oh. Wow, that was very much the experience. Mm-hmm. Man, I gotta say, the, some of the best shit I've had with that has been Destiny of all places. Destiny and Destiny Two, when like some new content thing drops and people are like, "Yeah, I was in this quest and above this door, there's this glyph, but I have no fucking idea what it means." And then. And then the sweats are like, okay, well, I'm dedicating my life to figuring this out. <laughs> and then it hey. was like, there was one wild one that it was like, oh, this glyph pointed to this window in the room, and you look out the window, and you can see this thing. And if you go to this website off of the game, there's a just cryptic hit there, and then you load into this other mission, and it's like this huge long thing, and it's like, oh, this is how you get this gun. It's like, what the fuck? Who designed this and programmed this? And then also, how the fuck did you guys figure it out? Mm-hmm. Like, that's wild to me. But yeah, but, like, I, I do I do agree with you. And it's like, a, nah, nah, nah. Them, them tryhards would have been had this. Yeah, yeah it, like, this could be a small indie game and I could see somebody not taking it out. But 30 million, that's like double WoW's like highest ever subscriber yeah. count. <laughs> But, I mean, if the conditions are that specific, that hard, or if it's one of those scenarios where, like, caps your party size or something like that, like, oh, you can only have a party of two to fight like a Gone the Night Slayer. We don't know that requirement yet or... Sure, obscure Whatever it might be. Like, it could be a thing. So I, I can suspend disbelief for it for the sake of plot, 
but, but I 30, get you. But completely. thirty million is such a huge sample size of it. randomness <laughs> that someone's going to stop. Yes, yes. But yeah. well, and and also when you start getting like the super tryhards, they're going to start like data mining the game and stuff. Oh like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they're well, beyond you, just like testing shit. Well, you, do you guys remember early Elden Ring? They're like, hey, I found out like the people were looking for secret doors. Um, and they especially hit the one the, door thirty times, fifty times. You had to hit a door times, fifty yeah. times, and they're like, "Oh my god, you tell me there are some door <laughs> invisible doors that you have to hit fifty times for them to open." And for me, it was I was like, "You got to hit them twice." That's a yeah. thing. If I hit a wall and it doesn't open, it's done. Oh man! But the fifty one, I was like, "Yeah." I, I think from what I understand that was unintended. It was, yeah. <laughs> It was like they built the the rooms and then put up walls and then the walls weren't they were different for some reason and they had like hit values. <laughs> but um, episode three, Ray is st- I, I I kind of enjoyed the back and forth of seeing our boy do an adventure and then it cuts back to Ray just like standing stoically somewhere, yeah, just mm-hmm. hoping just for- solely moving through the world, being like I'll I'll eventually find him because he's gonna have to like he'll be based in Second Deal for a while so. I will find him. Just yeah. so impressively patient. But that's this is also one that I bothered me a little bit, where it's like, a, if you know the player's name, can't you just look him up, right? And send a friend request or send or, shoot or a, a whisper message? or anything, yeah, like anything. But and then, I, and then out out I, of the game, like get their oh well, she, she can't talk to him, so she can't get yeah. his phone number. But damn, <laughs> my girl is down bad. Yeah, she, yeah, she is. Um, and I hope that's developed and is interesting and not just full on worship and obsession because that'll be boring as fuck. Um, I will not say one way or another. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's confirmed. You know, we have a little bit of ex- good old exposition that there are these seven colossi. Only so many have been even found, mm-hmm. and Lycagon uh, is one of them. There's even. I guess the group that Attack Master slash Cyber Zero slash Ray, mm-hmm. uh, their like clan symbol is referencing to their to to Lycagon, and they're like achievement hunters. I guess they're they're trying to be the first to take out Lycagon. Mm-hmm. That yeah. guild is like committed, like that's their whole thing. And there's other guilds that are like committed to trying to take out other Colossi or find them if they haven't been found, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's her guild. Is they're specifically like, we got to get like a gun. Yep. But then our boy gets cursed because he apparently fought like a gun well enough to get the curse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I wonder if that's the invert from the enrage timer or whatever that <laughs> yeah. second phase or whatever that is. <laughs> and and so the curse is like, oh, you can't equip where he got damaged or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh shit, he lost his chest and his legs. That's where you get all your stats from, and you. <laughs> And in your gear, that's where you—that's like that's like fifty percent of your stats. Damn. Yeah, but it's also like the curse will change how NPCs talk to you, and like game interactions, which I always enjoy in a game, where it's like a, oh, now I look different or I have this other thing going on. It changes how the world interacts with me, mm-hmm. which I do enjoy when that's implemented well in a game it's never going to be or not probably in my lifetime implemented like it is here but it is a cool thing to think about but yeah after he wakes back up in Secondale, he sees this fucking alice in wonderland rabbit that's late for a very important date i'm late i'm late (laughs) 
And the rabbit does this kind of like knowing smile at him and runs away. And obviously Son Raku chases after it because that's exactly what the fuck everyone would do. Yeah. They're going to go, oh, what the fuck is this? I got to follow it down. This rabbit makes a doorway and goes through this like portal doorway. And then a quest marker pops up or a quest uh, log pops up like new unique scenario. Do you want to accept this quest? Mm-hmm. Obviously our boy does it. Cause again, it's what the fuck everybody else would do. He goes through the door and he's now in the town of Rabatuza. Rabatuza. <laughs> <laughs> and there's Vorpal buddies everywhere. And we, this is when we are first introduced to Emil, our little, uh, white rabbit friend who is also a Vorpal bunny. And basically she recognizes Sunraku because he was cursed with like a Gon's mark. And basically the Vorpal bunnies, the reason they've been attacking pioneers or players is because they're trying to find like them strong boys. And so I do appreciate in this scenario, because at first I was like, didn't he kill a bunch of your people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. Like, spent hours looking for your town's citizens to massacre them just so that he could get their daggers. But then they're like, oh, no, no, no. we send them people out. They know what they're up to. Don't worry about it. They're, we're looking for strong people, and they signed up for hey, this. So I was hey, like, got to okay. respect that. I One, one thing I've... <laughs> never completely understood is like whenever in a movie or a show game book what have you fiction where like some dudes show up and they're like i'm going to kill you and then the other person's like all right cool i'm gonna defend myself oh my god you killed steve how could you it's like what 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 steve steve yeah. shouldn't be starting shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> steve, steve, <laughs> steve just this. tried to stab me what what do you want me to do die or, i guess or in a game or fiction where they kill a bunch of the people and then they're like ah we've been waiting for a champion like you fight on our <laughs> side and it's like didn't you just kill a whole village like you we're not addressing that that this guy that you want to be on our team has arguably done more damage to us than the bad guy has okay but at this one they do have a good actual plot point for it which i appreciated mm-hmm. they didn't have to shoehorn that in or I, I shoehorn's not even the right word but they didn't have to write that in but they did they took the time to like some little bald piece of shit is going to question this we got to make sure that colorful bearded motherfucker is satisfied <laughs> thank you guys but at this point rockero is invited as part of this unique scenario to meet another character and we get this like Yakuza-esque, like, big-ass, almost Shogun rabbit. Oh, yeah. He was was a cartoon of himself. He was wild. Loved it. He was also voiced by, I don't know if you remember, in Hunter x Hunter, the guy who played Uvogin, one of the Phantom Troop, the big guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the long ears. Did he have long ears? I don't know. He was gigantic. No, oh, the other gigantic guy. You're correct. There was a gigantic guy with long ears with, like, finger guns. No, the other guy who just oh. punched shit really hard. Oh, okay. I know who you're talking about now. Okay, okay. Yeah, same voice actor. And it's 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 pretty spot on for <laughs> the character he's trying to portray as this really hard <laughs> mob boss shogun man <laughs> buddy mm-hmm. thing. Well, in... 
the English, it's just Chris Jericho or Chris Guerrero. I was <laughs> like, it's not Chris, Chris Jericho. Jericho? <laughs> what? <laughs> I was Who? like, it is Other absolutely people. not Chris Jericho. I'm glad I'm here to correct this. <laughs> that was me just misspeaking. Uh, but yeah, he does Eisen in uh, Free Run currently airing as well. Oh, cool. <laughs> Man, Chris Jericho. <laughs> Man. That'd be fucking excellent. This is me. I forgot what episode it was where I was out and you guys were doing something and you were like, yeah, Patrick Russell. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, it's not fucking him. Like Patrick Patrick Rothfuss? Which one is it? You guys were like confusing. uh, Oh, you guys were confusing Patrick Swayze and Kurt Russell. In some previous episode. It was Redline. Redline Yeah, because someone had said something about Escape from New York and they were like, oh, yeah, with Kurt Russell. I was like, God damn it. No, stop, guys. (laughs) <laughs> no. Or you said Patrick Swayze. Yeah, I was you saying, it is Kurt Russell. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait You a confused second. the two, and I was like, it is not him. Holy shit. But I'm only editing the episode, so I can't correct you because I'm not there. Like, this has already happened. Were you yelling in, into the void at that point? I had to take a break. I had to take a break. <laughs> but anyway, so we meet, uh, and here's something I kind of didn't understand. His name is... Uh, Don Vaisash. But occasionally, Sunraku just calls him Vash. And I didn't know if that was a bit that I wasn't getting or if he's just shortening it. Well, and so, then Emil keeps calling him Daddy. Yeah. Well, he's <laughs> so, but, but, but that's the dad, and that's yeah. that's hilarious. Um, but so, the so in the English... also, too, wherever it's like, yeah, my dad, I mean, boss Vaisash. <laughs> like, that got me every time. So in the English dub, did he ever... Because there was this bit where he calls him something very familiar, and then he thought he overstepped and was about to get smoked or something. Mm-hmm. What did he say? Did, is that when he called him like big, big bro or something? Or he daddy? Calls he, call, him, he calls him dad or daddy. Oh, no, no, no. Son Raku does. Son Raku. Talking, oh, talking about Son Raku. Yeah, yeah, he calls him. Oh. He calls him Don Vash. That's right. That's what it was. And, and that's what he's he was worried about being called that instead of calling him Rabbit King Visash. Because he calls him like kind of like a mob boss title. Yeah. So, so in and the so he's d- like, oh shit. And then in the dub, he's like, all right. Well, if I'm the Dun, you're gonna be my consigliere. And they keep saying consigliere like pronounced <laughs> wrong every time, and it cracks my shit up every time. So in the in the sub, he would say Aniki, which is like okay, the, so, which is like a familiar but like mm-hmm. still subservient but very familiar version. So that's interesting. Uh, but so, but yeah, Visach, uh, he gets this, he's like, oh yeah, by the way, here's this cool collar yeah. that will half your XP, which I was like, shit, but you get 2.5 times the stat bonuses. Um, when you instead. do level up. And then I was like, and tryhards would be like, that's getting busted. that at level one. <laughs> Dude, yeah, right? Like- busted. And he only had it for like a few levels. <laughs> Because I think he showed up at like level twenty eight, and I think he left at like thirty one or something. Whenever mm-hmm. it finally left, I was like, "Ah, oh, damn!" Well, and he even says when he loses, he's like, "I don't, I don't get to keep it at least." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so at this point, uh, we also get a flash over to Ray, still fucking not able to find him. Like he's still looking for Sunraku, and then we also get a flashback that shows that Mana is the one that suggested Shangri-La to Ray as well. 
Mm-hmm. And at this point, <laughs> Caitlin was like, does she fucking have stake in the game? Why is she pushing this game so hard? She's just what? shipping them both so hard. Though. Yeah, yeah. I, she's, I think it's like, I'm the using the game to make this fucking happen. <laughs> but yeah, uh, episode four, we get basically Sun Raku browsing the forums. He's like looking for any information on this unique event, kind of like the what do I do, what's the correct way to go about this quest line. And he can't find anything about it, and he can't find anything about Visash either. So it's just like a, okay, I am definitely the first person to encounter this, which also, in a game of 30 million people, is wild. Insane. But again, I can suspend disbelief for like a plot kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, we also get uh, this yeah. side bit where he goes and he's got like a, a, a regular semi-regular meetup or I don't know, agreement where he was going to go play some other game. He's like, oh, I got to log out. I've got something I have to do. And he logs into a, a shitty fighting game. <laughs> Burp. <laughs> and and then they call, they call it, what was it? Any bug goes or the, or the rules. Yeah. And then, <laughs> so I, so by ep- episode three was when I was like in. To this mm-hmm. and episode four really just doubled down. I was like, oh, the, when the noodly arms and then even their <laughs> neck was going crazy. Yeah, it's like Mister Fantastic shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and they have a, a nice fight, and uh, but yeah, I, I, I just got a big old kick out of that. Yeah, anytime he's in burp, there's an episode. I wanted to get you guys to this episode, but it's episode fourteen. Oh. And I was like, I'm not assigning that much. But there's an episode later on where he goes back into Burp, and it's got one of the funniest fucking lines. It's like just a quick throwaway line, but it's one of those ones I had to pause the show because I was laughing too fucking hard. That And it got me good. Um, but yeah, in this episode, this is where Don Visash offers Sunraku the training to hone his Vorpal soul. And they keep saying Vorpal soul oh my all the God. time. And I love the bit of Sunraku being like, I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't. Mm-hmm. And him throwing it into conversation as if it's a thing where it's like, a, I'm just going to try. And he's like, yeah, I got to be true to my Vorpal soul. And Don Visash is like, <laughs> you're right, kid. I'm like, <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> There's also a bit that uh, early on, I'm going to circle back to it now because it's episode one, that I am surprised you didn't talk shit about, Dan specifically about me whenever he's loading into the game and it's like the prologue scroll and he goes skip oh and just goes, I, <laughs> I, I did I did I think I told Audra I was just like hey that's what Marcus does and like, oh, the story's not that it's whatever so you skipped it you don't get to have an opinion <laughs> I am like, notorious for skipping long dialogue yeah. or like long scrolls but mostly in MMOs because immediately after the cutscene, they just tell me the same thing again. So, fourteen's <laughs> early game is very dialogue heavy. So I don't. You're not wrong for skipping it, but there were other people and who played it were like, "This game's this, this story is garbage." I didn't participate in any of it, but but it's garbage. Um, um but. It, I guess at some point, Sunraku is in the Seconden, second town? Second Dale. Second Dale with 
uh, Emil is just, just uh, apparently tagging along to his adventures now. Uh, mm-hmm. And someone's like, hey, how did you get that bunny? Because I think they said that you could get, like, small cats or dogs, but that's mm-hmm. it or something. Those are the only tameable beasts, yeah. And then they're like, or oh, my God. companion creatures. A bunny? That's amazing. And it talks? Holy crap. And then they're it's like, got a uh, cute outfit. Like, yeah, they're like, oh, my God, I want one. And they dip, and I love how she took a screenshot. Yeah. <laughs> Where she did the she fingers. She, like, steps over and does, like, the two L fingers. So and the like, part that, that threw me though, then people were like chastising her for like, you didn't have permission to take that. I'm like, who in the fucking no. hell has ever gotten permission to screech out anyone <laughs> in an MMO? <laughs> no. I will say, depending on the game, there is a bit of an etiquette to that. So like like if you're Street Fighter, if you upload a replay, standard etiquette is to blur out the other player's name. Oh or sure, because like, you're that. That's like their performance. I yeah. I don't know that. So there's like I, more I doxing get, involved there. <laughs> I get a layer of it. Yeah, but yeah, taking a screenshot because she even says she's like, "Don't people take screenshots all the time?" I didn't know this was a bad thing. That felt like, gate, like that yeah. just felt like your standard gatekeepers just keeping gates. Uh, yeah. But also, that's that's common to gaming too. Yeah, unfortunately, no, that was accurate as well. <laughs> But yeah, I, I did think that was a little weird of like, did you have permissions? Like, when in the history of gaming has that ever come up? Who said, especially in an MMO in a city? Yeah. Like, like you're going to like just be in people's screenshots in cities. Cause, constantly. Because you're just running around and they're just doing shit. I don't mm-hmm. go into Iron Forge and ask permission from every person there before I take a screenshot of me dancing on the bridge post. Sure. I'm going to start, though, now that I know that it's the etiquette. Ah. I'm also apparently playing World of Warcraft again. No, I'm not. <laughs> Unless we get sponsored by World of Warcraft. You hear that, Blizzard? Subscribe to our Patreon and you can watch Marcus <laughs> play World of Warcraft. <laughs> I hear Season of Discovery is uh, fun for some folks. <laughs> but back to the show. Um, at this point, basically, yeah, people are trying to figure out what the fuck is going on with this bird head guy and this bunny companion. And it's even getting up to like the higher level guilds and players. And this is where we start to get our first taste of Ashura Kai, which is basically a PK or player killer guild, which goddamn, if I was in this MMO, I'd a hundred percent be in that guild. I'm a piece of shit. I know it. I don't care. I love PVP. Yeah, but they seem like they were has-beens at this point. Not one that we're about to meet. Well, sure, one particularly interesting character, but yeah. as a guild, like as a power threat, they've they said like some update changed how PKing works. And well, it sounds it, like you the punishment got increased for like the negative penalties you get for PKing people. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, and it so really hampered it, their style. Yeah, it really disincentivized most people from doing it. And that's another one that, not a spoiler, but we get more explanation about later, like past the assignment, that will make it make more sense. Um, I'm not going to say what, obviously, but just for anyone listening or for your guys', they do expand upon that, like to really better enforce that. Which, again, another thing I appreciated because a lot of shows might have just said, oh, it was made bad, and then never explain. You're just supposed to accept that as fact which mm-hmm. sure i guess but give if you can give a little explanation please do i love that 
But at this point, uh, Rockero is going to try and make it to the next town. Thurdrama. <laughs> because that's where he has to go for his next, like, Vorpal Soul quest. And as he's getting, as he's trying to make his way to Thurdrama, I, I again love these town names. Right outside of the gates, he's confronted by a bunch of other uh, players. Oh, no, no, no. That's not this one, right? No. no, I think he, no. He fights no at the mud end digger. of episode four is the mud digger. Yeah. yeah. And then episode five is the actual fight. Yeah. So episode four, he has to cut through another swamp to get to third and it's And it's, again, we get that mechanic again where one foot always has to be touching the ground before the next foot can move. So you can't run. You can't really jump. And if at you, this point, if you've you seen Malcolm in the middle. You can speed walk, yes! <laughs> <laughs> gotta have both, gotta have at least one foot on the ground or you're just a uh, basic-ass jogger. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Who would have thought we would have ever gotten that call back here? Hell yeah. Um, so, um... One thing that I did like was that he was showing, although it seemed like they did it off screen, is that he would pop up with like evolved versions of his skills. Yeah. And they, he just had them, which I wasn't a huge fan of. Sometimes he would, I don't know. That, I'm coming from like uh, Slime, where he his skills would evolve as he like used mm-hmm. them. And they would be like, hey, this skill has turned into this skill. It now does this instead. So. And then, and then we never had cooldowns for his abilities prior. Like he was just popping off perfect parries and reposts before, and suddenly now he's got cooldowns on him. I wasn't a huge fan of well, I will changing say the rules on us in this. And I thought that at first too. In this, they don't change the rules; they are different skills. Because I thought that at first, but on the, so like the on basic the second skills watch didn't through, have cooldowns, and then like the advanced yeah, ones so like do. on the second mm-hmm. watch through. These are two skills that we haven't seen before that have cooldowns. Okay. So it was different. Because that I, I'll admit, when I first watched it, that was a gripe of mine as well. But then on the second watch, I was specifically looking for that. So while it's not explicitly stated, they do kind of like cover their ass a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's like my gripe versus like hard versus soft magic systems. You know, in soft is usually garbage and it's just a plot device. But hard, it's it's like Goblin Slayer when he's like, okay, our back is against the wall. And he goes, you've got two spell slots left. You've got three. What do you got? I've got light and shield. Oh, fuck. Let's go with that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's really interesting whenever a show has like a finite, like... Uh, 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 like tool set resource that the characters have to use. So, you know, you have like a running total of like, oh man, they're almost out of everything kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was at this point worried that they were just going to be very flippant with like adding and subtracting rules. Mm -hmm. It seems like the idea though, is as the skills get stronger, there starts to be a penalty to using them. Is that the general idea? So, but it was before you could just spam the level one version. Now the level five version, you have cooldowns. And be more tactical, sure. So well, and even in some MMOs, there are skills that don't have a cooldown, but then other skills that do, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so at this point, he's he encounters the area boss before Thurdrama, the Mud Digger, which is like this green shark quadruped 
amphibian thing and with catfish a, tentacles. Yeah, <laughs> or, and there's or, a moment antennae. where it's like swimming around, crests out of the water, goes back under, but Rockero's standing and he's like, "How is he swimming in water this shallow?" <laughs> well, that's game mechanics for you. And I was like, "Yeah, I've thought this in games mm-hmm. constantly." Where it's like, "Oh, he's going to swim under at this point. Swim under what? This is ankle-high water." How, what is where's he swimming? But at this point, we get that Mud Digger is like doing this mechanic of just booping him in the air and hoping he'll die from fall damage. Yeah, that Which, was the that was the second phase of the fight. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the first phase it was like Sunraku's doing okay. It's difficult because he's an agility speed main. He can't do shit. And for and Emil's coming with the assists every now and then mm-hmm. too. Um, casting spells just by holding the book and yelling it out, <laughs> which was fun. Oh, which is also accurate to how every game is played. Oh, yeah, 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 like, yeah. But she, <laughs> it's like she barely even opened it once. She was just holding the book, just screaming <laughs> out spells. I, too, have played a scholar in Final Fantasy. <laughs> yeah, at least you open it and maybe look at it. <laughs> but yeah, at this point... Mud Digger's like booping him up into the air so that he'll die from the fall damage. And Sun Raku like almost does this like giving up thing of like, I can't do shit against this. Uh, I guess I'm just fucked. Uh, but then Emo, 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 uh, runs up, touches him with a teleport scroll, and at first just teleports him back up into the air. And my first thought is like, you just made it worse. How's that help? <laughs> but. Then we get the narrator come back through and say, like, oh, there's this attack called Meteor Smash that does use a player's, like, fall momentum into a super powerful attack. Yeah, they talk about, because he was stabbing some creature before that he was, like, sprinting at. And Mm -hmm. he says, like, oh, it takes into my velocity into account. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, he falls and, like, does this Meteor Smash and is able to, at this point, beat Mud digger. Yeah, with his head. Yeah, <laughs> I think. I imagine it was the luck skill coming in. Um, oh, yeah. And I guess we get Emil is able to, because they're trying to fly under the radar, and they're like, well, you're, you you really stick out as this bunny. She's like, oh, well, I can change forms. I'm like, what? <laughs> and this starts the running <laughs> joke of Emil just chugging mana potions chugging mana potions and it's just like they're so delicious they're so tasty <laughs> so about 50% of the shots from this point of the show onward she just has a mana potion has a mana potion yeah yeah, yeah it, but then I, I, I like the self-aware line where he says oh no is this some kind of harem game with an anthro bunny <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding me <laughs> yeah and then she adoring fans all over the place mm-hmm. and but now Sunraku's, you know, his whole ex- his existence with this bunny thing is like spreading everywhere, and it seems to have gotten the attention of um, some bigger players in mm-hmm. in in the game. And they want to like question him and say, like, "Hey, how did you get this scenario? Mm-hmm. What the fuck do you know about this thing? Give us all the t- like, spill all the tea. We need to know yeah. everything about this." And then, yes, that leads us into episode five. I was jumping the gun. I'm sorry. Uh, he is heading to the next town, and at this point, that's when he, Emil disguises as the human girl, and 
he's still wearing only the shorts and the bird mask. So he's super identifiable at this point. And he's confronted by all these other players that are like, okay, we're going to get this information. Don't you know who we are? We're from the PK Guild, Ashura Kai. And this assassin clan basically is going to try and spawn kill him until he tells them about the unique Rabbituza scenario. And this is also where we meet another character named Animalia, who is basically like a shaman class uh, or like a beast tamer class. And she is fucking obsessed with Emil. Oh, yeah. Because she's like, says like, oh, you've only been able to tame dogs and cats up until this point. I have to know. And she's the, and she's like the guild leader of a clan of like zoologists, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) And her design is really well done. Like there's just a lot going, it's it's not busy. It's just a lot more effort. It seems like a lot of effort was put into her design. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, is this the other main character? Cause I, at the, at the time that I saw her, I thought that was the other blonde, like of the trio that we see in the intros. Oh, in the intro. Yeah. I thought it was Animalia, but nope, nope. She's just a supporting character, which is fine, which is fine. But the, the, the clan is SF zoo and their purpose is to observe and photograph monsters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So they're, they're playing Pokemon snap basically. Basically. Yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Man. How many apples they throw in? They just pitching them out. these fucking. They throw an apple at a Charmander. It yeah. falls into a volcano. Yeah, she literally learned like paralyze and stuff so she could like paralyze monsters and take pictures of them. She was doing that blue mage shit. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, she is basically she's trying to confront Rockaro at this point to try and figure out what the fuck is going on with Emil. And then Ashura Kai shows up, and then we also are introduced to another character who is also in the intro of this like purple hair knight who identifies herself as Arthur Pencilgon. And which, is basically which I thought was a horrible name initially. <laughs> Until they explain later why. And I was like, oh, it's a play on your old name. Because they do this cut to this post-apocalyptic looting simulator where there was some game Unite the Rounds. Yeah, Unite the Rounds. And it it sounds like an interesting game that I would have probably tried. Um, uh, same, uh, because they this character Pencilgon abused the system and created this horrible dictatorship <laughs> in the game. Even and then the goal, whole game's like thing was it was like resources are sparse. You're supposed to protect the city, but the players kind of retooled everything. Our pieces and, of shit, <laughs> and it just became every man for himself. Uh, and she she made some order, but it was as a dictator. Um, mm-hmm. But it was Sunraku and his friend, uh, which was, was he named at this point? K, I think? Katsu. Katsu. Mm-hmm. Um, they raided the Pencilgon's fortress and took him out. Well, they took, they, I guess Pencilgon lit some bombs off and took everybody yeah, out. Blew up the castle with her inside of it still. And I also appreciated the moment where it's like, uh, Sunraku and Katsu outside of the throne room about to attack. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, come on, man. We got to kill the communist queen. We got to give this place capitalism. And all I could think was like, mm, you're definitely an evil person in this game too. Cause we see mm-hmm. these other guys looting like a store 
And they're like, man, resources are so hard to get. And then Sunraku is like, yep, that's why I'm just going to take them from you. Thanks for doing all the hard work for me. And I was like, yeah, I've been that person in games before. <laughs> but yeah, they called her the, the dystopian empress. But so they have a history and she mm-hmm. basically plays the same character every time, apparently. Uh, and this fight, these fights that we've had, because there's this. Then the other uh, Animalia pops off, mm-hmm. and uh, the other three lackeys from Cobra Kai showed up. Whatever, Ashura Kai, <laughs> sure. uh, <Cobra> Kai. <laughs> show up, and because Sunraku, you know, even though he's low level, he's able to go toe to toe with Pencilgon more or less at this mm-hmm. point. But then Animalia participates and the animation was like it would be great and then it would be dog shit it would just be weird stills like panning shots over a still mm-hmm. and i was i was up i was not happy uh <laughs> well and i will say you are bleeding a little bit into episode six yeah well. i'm sorry yeah this, yeah, so this the, is episode these two six. go very hand in hand which that was actually gonna be a complaint of mine is it kind of like reading even reading through the descriptions now it's like Every single one of these is like falling over into the next episode every mm-hmm. single time. And I kind of even said that in the first yeah, uh, part yeah, you did, of this, but it's where like, it, it is an annoying thing to me from an episode to episode basis where it's like, oh, this arc is done in the middle of the, the first half of this episode. Now we're starting this next important thing mm-hmm. in the latter half of the episode, which from a pacing standpoint, if you're binging, who cares? That's fine. But if you're watching this weekly or trying to stop at a certain point or for our purposes assign fucking episodes of a podcast, it gets difficult. Mm-hmm. Or trying to make analysis of those episodes for said podcast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's probably a, a big one on the bigger side of the gripes for me is like that pacing episode structure it, is weird. And it just seems like such a weird choice like why what's the advantage of doing it that way i I don't understand what they're trying to accomplish i yeah i agree um but yeah at this point ashura kai is popping off trying to attack sunraku and amalia is not quite defending sunraku but more of like trying to take out ashura kai but she's not really a fighter she's just super into debuffs Dots, everything like that. Hell yeah! And she has she has a great moment with uh, pencil gun where she does this like big fucking like spell to give pencil gun all the debuffs, just every of the debuffs. Pencil gun has this like super expensive consumable item that absorbs that and just reflects basically negates. Yeah, it ref- oh, yeah, reflects it back. It. And so. And Amalia now has all these debuffs, and she's going to die. And then she has this spell <laughs> that I love a lot where she's like, well, I might, you know, I'm going to get got. I'm going to get mine more than I get I'm going to get mine more than I get got. And she, like, does it again. And it's this spell called See You in Hell, Fellow Traveler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, what a sick spell. That, <laughs> that spell name is fucking great, and I would use it all the time. But yeah, this was when we got Attack Master, like right after, the, like or either right before or around this. Yeah. Attack Master shows up swinging, 
And it's this mm. like, what was it? Like rocks severing attack. Rock severing attack. Yeah. Yeah. And I swear we see it three to four times. Just a couple times this episode, and then the next episode, a couple more times. And I was losing my shit because I was like, man, look at these shit stills constant. Like, and it sucks, like, if they did stills, because that, that's a normal thing that animation does to save, you know, pad out some time or save budget. Mm-hmm. But it was just compared to the rest of the show, which has not used any of that, it felt very jarring. I honestly, this is going to be a weird thing. I kind of hope that we, as the audience, are misunderstanding Attack Master. I'm hoping that it's just, that's her only attack. Like, this, she's like a the Zenitsu of this, and she's got one thing. <laughs> and she's mastered it. Yeah, okay. if they explain later that she just does one attack, and she actually swung four times, and it just looks the exact same every time, sure, sure. I'll, I, I, yeah. will, I will recant. <laughs> she, she played the game so much with such little skill that she was able to max her level out with just the one smooth the one thing yeah <laughs> if she basically ichigo gets a good 10 show okay that's all i got yeah so i'm i'm i can't confirm or deny if that's what's happening yeah because at this point it, that's not a thing i'm hoping it's a thing though I'm and, hoping it's just a subverted expectation. Thing. And then this fight kind of started dragging out towards the, like, by episode seven, we just kept getting rehashes of that fight. And I was getting really tired, really, really tired of it. But Zookeeper mm. popped off with that spell with the crazy, crazy-ass wand with the hand. That staff yeah. was fucking cool. Yeah, it was really tight. Where, um, like, it looks like this, like, curled-up ball of, like, wood with, like, different tendrils, but then it unfurls to look like this weird, like cryptid hand mm-hmm. thing yeah that was pretty i tight. loved that that was sick yeah um and then sunraku <laughs> is like man <laughs> everything keeps escalating like i got the guild leader of like anim- uh the the zoo here uh, a high level pvp a bunch of pvp lackeys and then some legendary attack master person attack master, <laughs> yeah. who is making everyone else <laughs> scared i need to get out of here and then I guess does the anime bullshit where they run up the sword, jumps off of the helmet, and then mm-hmm. makes it into town. Um, and then we get our first because uh, Emil is um, d- during this. Emil was having trouble keeping her uh, humanoid form, human form, yeah, and was turning. And then we get the first mana potion, and she's just like, "These are so delicious." <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, like if it. It wouldn't have been the same if it was just Emil just drinking a potion every now and then. It's just it was her just commenting about how tasty they were all the time <laughs> and loving them, just yeah. loving it. Like I like if they had a weird addiction arc where it's like we got to get you off these mana potions, man. <laughs> I know that wouldn't be the right tone for this show, but it would be hilarious. I would. I think it would actually fit the tone in a weird way where it's like, man, Emil might have a problem, and it's just like. I could quit anytime I want to. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. If they did it right, it could be really funny. Addiction is not a joke, folks. But when you're a tiny, uh, a bunny. video game bunny character, it is. And it's mana potions. Oh, and it, I like what I was telling the group chats is um. So in Final Fantasy fourteen, I always played the edgiest looking, cool, evil dark lord magician. Person. Of course you do. Because <laughs> the edge, I love it. Right? Right? If, if you don't look cool, did you even do anything? Um, I need the edge to be so, so sharp I cut myself on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
in Fort in Final Fantasy fourteen, my favorite thing is the goddamn Loperitz. The the bunny people, they're so <laughs> adorable. And Whereas when I play a game, I just want to look funny. And so like me playing Final Fantasy fourteen for the first time, I made uh the Lalafell, mm-hmm. just the like little almost gnome guys, I gave them like a fucking handlebar Civil War general mustache that's purple. I had leaned into that shit. But yeah, at this point, he does get this like distraction on his on his side, basically, like presses this advantage to try and get into town and get a portal back up to Rabatuza to basically try and get the fuck away from these people. Yeah, once he gets back into town and into Rabatuza, a new unique scenario starts happening where it's basically like an arena fight. Training montage. Yeah. And uh, at first, so he's got to fight 10 opponents in the Rabatuzan arena to prove his Vorpal soul. And he even approaches this of like, there's no way I'm going to clear this first time through. And I appreciated that because I do get very sick of like the power fantasy kind of thing where it's like, a, oh, they're going to be fine. And they're going to do it fine on the first time. That gets a little old mm-hmm. for me. But in this one, like, seeing him struggle a bit, I did enjoy quite a bit. And the way he struggled was different each time. And some he struggled more with, some he struggled less. Like, the toxic eagle just pooping toxins on him (laughs) was, like, the hardest thing. Because he doesn't have any ranged attacks. I I really, I did not, other than the wood mage later and then the bird, I started zoning out really hard on this training montage. It, Mm -hmm. It probably went on a little too long, but... For the most part, it was pretty but solid. The the poopy poopy bird, and then him talking about it later. That was good. That was pretty good. He, he yeah. had like PTSD from <laughs> dealing with the goddamn poop, toxic. Poop he bird. just kept shitting on him. I was like, "That's hilarious." He's like, "Not again." <laughs> well, and even I, like, I was like, "I want to see these fights." I don't like that you're not showing me these. Mm-hmm. I would love to see these fights. But I did like the recaps where it's like, oh, this boar, here's how I fought it. Here's the mechanic I did to beat it. I beat him in three tries. Uh, This guy was just a, uh, in the dub, he says, basically just a roided out goblin. Easy peasy. First try. Sure. And then it does the the bird, and it was like 112 tries or some (laughs) shit like that. And it was like a, yes. I have played these games where I have been stuck on one boss for hours. So that I appreciated that mm-hmm. as well. But then, yeah, he gets to the final boss, and also Visash shows up and is like, you've really got some spunk, kid. You're all talk. Let's see if you can fucking back it up. Because being cocky is one thing. you got to be cocky and able to back it up. So I'm going to give you this opponent that I caught myself He just throws this guy Mm -hmm. into the arena, and it is, all I could think was this dude belonged in Final Fantasy VIII. Like, this felt very, Hmm. of like that edgelordy kind of look, this like wood mage with this stupid fucking Bloodborne hat (laughs) and his coat, like. Yeah, the coat. Yeah, I was like, are you a mad doctor tree man? (laughs) Um, I could have seen him in 9 too with all the uh, VVs. Mm. Yeah, as like one of the uh, the the black dolls or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, God, but he's got to survive five minutes. He doesn't even have to kill it. He just has to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And while I was complaining about the animation in the previous like brawl outside of the city, they must have saved money on their car insurance by doing that because they <laughs> spent it on this wood mage because there was just while it wasn't like terribly like uh, 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 like uh, like I don't awe-inspiring. There's just a lot of shit moving at it all times. It wasn't like some, like, Demon Slayer over the top. Yeah, it, it wasn't super that. Super flashy shit. But, man, there was just so much movement. Like, back to mm-hmm. kind of the early episodes where Sunraku's moving around a lot, dip-duck diving and dodging wrenches and stuff. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, I forgot there was the actual dodgeball yep. reference. Emil says that <laughs> yep. in the dub. I don't know if she says it in the sub, but she's like, yeah, Sunraku, dip <laughs> Dodge, dip, duck, dive, dodge. I was yeah. like, fuck, that's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she says it in the in the in the sub too. But yeah, that this he has this uh he has to fight this wood mage. It doesn't take any damage, seemingly, for two physical mm-hmm. attacks. It's firing off progressively more and more intense spells of different elements. Like new spells would show up every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um and he, even more powerful versions of the spells mm-hmm. it was using And then, before. yeah, the crazy chaining of it. I'm like, does this guy have a mana bar? Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> um, well, well, he's supposed to be like four times the level of Sinraku. I think so. he was like yeah. 120 or yeah, something, and, yeah. maybe? Yeah, Sinraku's like 31. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's firing off spell after spell after spell, comboing, and he's able to dodge most like everything, I think, because yeah, he only has 30 HP. Uh and then he knocks the the mage's like staff out of his hands, which upsets him greatly. Well, he well, at first he has a moment of like, a, or he, he man, I'm running out of steam. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to be able to do this. Like, whatever, I, I'll just give up on this quest. And then he kind of has this moment of like, who the fuck are you, dude? Like, why would you yeah. give up on this? So he's having this inner monologue, and I just think to myself, he's starting to believe. <laughs> And and he he starts to believe, goddammit. And he he yeah, he charges him, knocks the wand out. The spells stop, but the chains and wood ramp up. Because I guess those are yeah. his like default skills or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's all he really had left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh because also at this one at this point, Sunraku gets debuffed by the chains. Like once the chain grabs him, it like lowers his uh speed, agility. And a third stat that I don't remember, but, yeah, but it, it like l- lowers his stats. All the stuff that he's good at, yeah, just got in a very bad way. <laughs> but yeah, and so he gets the staff away, and is basically kind of just trying to play keep away to run out the clock. And and like the last, fi- I also appreciated that for the last minute because I don't remember what episode we talked about this in. Anytime there's a timer on something, in my head, I'm just timing it at that point. Like, it's like, we've only got four. It was Terror and Resonance, where they're like, we've only got 45 <laughs> minutes to de- or to disarm the bomb. I'm then counting 45 seconds. Because if it's past that 45 seconds, like, oh, boom, you're dead. This one, they put the timer this down. This isn't the, it's the show 24. I know. What do you no, 24 is heinous about that. <laughs> I don't even. Sorry. That's a different thing. It's, it's okay. But, it's just American propaganda. It's fine. Yeah. Jack Bauer. But they put the clock in the bottom right corner to show how long he has left. And I was like, ooh, that's a nice touch that you didn't have to do that weird anal retentive people like me enjoy. And so in like the last 15 seconds, he's just talking shit to basically run out the clock. 
mm-hmm. which I appreciate really well, bad. Like, and then the clock- you idiot, you could have killed me, but you're stupid in trying to get this staff back. You could have gotten me. Yeah. He gets the staff back, and Sunrock is like, yeah, timer's done. And then all these spells fucking fire off, and Sunrock is like, what the fuck? <laughs> I beat the timer. Why is this still going? I cannot explain how many times in a video game I have been in a boss fight and I'll get the last hit off to kill the boss and then something else happens to kill me also. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, no, what the fuck? I beat it. No, <laughs> this isn't a al- This is illegal. But Vice Ash comes in and it's like, no, this guy's not like part of the thing. He's going to fight you to the death. But he Sorry. smokes him. Give one, one shots him. him. Yeah. <laughs> With just his walking stick. And Sun Raku even kind of comments on this, like, oh, shit. How the fuck did he one-shot this dude? I was barely even st- able to dodge him, and he's able to one-shot him with a stick? But at this point, Vice Ash is like, good job, kid. You really showed off your Vorpal soul. And he takes off the soul collar, and he gets a title, Honorary Rabbitusen, and <laughs> Sun Raku's like, that's all I get? It's just... Yeah, no gear, nothing. (laughs) Yeah, no loot. What the hell? And all I could think of was everybody I've played D&D with for every encounter. Man. We killed all these skeletons. Where's our loot? Like, they're skeletons. What loot do you want? I'm going to grind the dust down. Are you calling out Caitlin in particular? (laughs) I did not say anyone's name. (laughs) But my wife is notorious for that. (laughs) But yeah, so... And this is the part where Vaisash takes the collar off and Sun Raku's like, I can't even keep the collar? What the hell? Yeah, he barely had any levels with it, which was which was weird that they spent as much time as they did on it and like showed us the full stat spread, you know, like the mm-hmm. explanation of it and stuff like that. And then to just go, no, no. Yeah, we're I taking that off. I wonder if it'll come back or even just a couple levels that was he enough. did have with it, which mm-hmm. will push him like over the highest stats you're supposed to be able to get or something down the line. Yeah, but, I mean, if he's, like, 31 and he got 2.5 times stats for three or four levels, like, he's effectively 35, like, whoa. But maybe whenever he's 90... Is is 99 the max level? Is that... 100 is max. 100 is max, okay. Yeah. So, Pencil Gun was 99, almost there. Yes. So Because Siger is 100. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Nate. Oh, okay. So, but that might mean where when he reaches level one hundred, he has the stats of someone who's like level one hundred three or something. Yeah, and mm. that's just the the edge he needs. Yeah, exactly. As the protagonist, and um, <laughs> so, and then we get this bit. Um, Emil, they're, they're hanging out. They're trying to, I guess, just what figuring out their next move. At this point, yeah. um, Emil is drowning this damn cactus. But I guess in uh, you know video game cactuses are. I, that bothered me. She just kept fucking watering this cactus, and I was like, "Oh, that's, that's dead." Um, but then that's actually how you water a cactus: you submerge them. They take a lot of water. Really? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a lot of water infrequently. Yeah, very yeah. infrequently. But the the way she was doing it seemed like more of like what you would do just to regularly water something. Go, uh, here's a little bit for you, brother. Not okay, to that's, submerge. That's fair. That's fair. But but anywho, uh, they meet <laughs> Pete's, Emil's little brother, who is I guess a traveling merchant. 
Mm-hmm. And he's got a, he's like, oh, I got this fancy textile. I don't know who I'd sell it to. So I guess you can have it or I sell it to you, whatever. It's just a sheet. It's just a fucking sheet. It's just it, a yeah, sheet. It's just a clan sheet. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we had another archer gag. Uh, Oh yeah, because he was like a ghost. He looked like a ghost running by. She's like, "Oh," and she's just in the background, just with the bow out, ready yeah. to go. <laughs> no dialogue oh. for him. Just shows her like readying up. And then I think she's getting drug away at this point. Um, mm-hmm. I, I hope that gag just doesn't stop ever. Just every few episodes, just another shot of her pulling they show the back up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I oh, hope that they I want get her to, to like, save him one time. Mm. Like he's about to go down. Suddenly, an arrow comes and pierces this mob at the last second, and then the other guy's like, "Oh." Oh, I thought you were aiming at him. Good job, Lars. I was hoping they like get that. to the last town. Like, we get to see that someday. They get to the last town, and they're still Lastima. there. Lastima. Lastima, yeah. And <laughs> they, they get to the last town, whatever, and they made it to the last town, but she's still just ready to shoot at anybody, even though she's Anything, clearly yeah. been playing this game for a while. <laughs> um, and uh, Attack Master is creeping from around the corner. Which cracked me up. Which... Because... Emil's like, does that person look familiar? And it's just this giant suit of armor peeking around a corner. So, at him. so Siger Zeroes, and then this, and then, and then the next episode as well. Her like cutesy girl, uh, motions and like mannerisms, mm-hmm. in, like the like poking the two fingers together, <laughs> and, like yeah. swaying the and, shoulders, like, like like putting the like the toe oh, down and just like so- oh yeah, <laughs> yeah so even demure. Even doing oh, the back and forth with the toe and stuff. And yeah, so that stuff in her character's avatar is hilarious, yeah, and I, yeah. I really enjoy that. What little old me? This <laughs> <laughs> is just giant hulking suit of yeah, armor. Yeah, fucking all might over here in a suit of armor. Um, oh, son, Waku, you want to play games together? <laughs> yes, we'll take it, Dan. That was weird. Um. But uh, they also, we haven't really talked too many about too many of the minis, the after episode. Oh, the SLF I was going to save them for the end is just like a shout out of that they're yeah. all well, excellent. They're usually mostly f- fun, but this one I enjoyed a lot because Visatch had a fancy box and I just wrote, what's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> and they open it and it's just a carrot and he's just like, just a mm, carrot. I enjoy carrots. Honestly, I felt like that carrot has to have like wild stat boosts or something. Like he's got to get a food buff from that. Yeah, it's a carrot of happiness. <laughs> uh, but that takes us to episode nine. They, I guess, is this we're talking to as Asher or Kai's having a little guild meeting. Yeah, they're they're at their hideaway, basically talking about what the fuck happened. You guys couldn't even take out this low level character. Like you guys look fucking silly. And this is where we first meet the character, <laughs> uh, the, the character Orcelot, who's basically, I guess, supposed to be the guild leader of this clan. And Arthur's basically just, like, sick. Pencilgon is sick of Asherakai and, like, how shitty they've gotten. And she leaves this, like, basically chastising. And in the, in the dub... He turns and he just goes, ugh, females. And I was like, yeah, I've played with that guy. <laughs> I've played video games oh, with that dude. Like where he's like, oh, girls can't play. Because in the sub, yeah. he's just like, damn it, like like sis. Like I guess it's a little brother, I guess. 
and mm. and he's just like, ah, sis, why do you like? Why are you mean to me? Uh, but <laughs> so in the dub, he has like this like ugh, female. Weird, interesting, interesting. <laughs> um, but for whatever reason, Ashurakai knows the spawn conditions for another colossi mm-hmm. named Weathermon, the Tomb Guard. I guess. Shout out to my boy Bradley Gareth. It was announced not that long ago. Uh, it'll be a bit from the time that uh, this came out. But a friend of mine voices Weathermon. Oh, that's fun. That's great. I imagine that's going to be the focus after these episodes is... I'm not going to tell you. No. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's set up, right? Um, mm-hmm. But they're in the city. Uh, he's doing his little his ghost cosplay... The PVPers are back hunting him down, and he's got like three. <laughs> there was this bit where he's like talking about the three directions that he can go, like the yeah. three areas, and he's just going off on his reasoning. And then well, Emil's like, "We're gonna go to the prismatic forest. Do you want to know why, Emil?" And like starts going into this long explanation, and then Emil just like zones out, zones the fuck out. It's <laughs> like, "Hey, don't you know that person?" Uh, <laughs> but. They're chasing him through the town. He's has a plan to 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 lose him, and uh, attack master finds him immediately. Mm-hmm. He panics, but then then we get the demure attack master yeah. like, "What's this?" And then pops up friend because request. she sends a friend request. Yeah, <laughs> and so then Sunrock goes that. through this like three D chess or four D chess thing of like, why. I, I know how PvP works. You're just trying to butter me up so that you can get information. But if I say no, then you could just PK me. And it's like, well, no, he could have PK'd me three times over by now. I'll play your game, Sagar Zero. Mm-hmm. And it just accepts the friend request. I thought her name was, like, Siger because her name was, like, Ray Saiga. So I thought it was a play. Like, everyone seems to have it a... It is. That's, oh, okay. That is. Because everyone has a yeah. play on their... Either their handle or their real name, kind of thing, because mm-hmm. Pencil Gone is Pencil Knight, and then that's how they carried through their naming convention, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, and even Rockaroo, Rockaro, Son Raku, it's just the first part of his name. Yeah, it's with like, son. Like anagram like, type thing. Yeah, so like they keep doing that, and so yeah, I I thought for sure that Ray Saiga was Saiger Zero, mm-hmm. um, but. At this point, he goes off into the prismatic forest. I was thinking about ending the episode here, or the assignment here, but I wasn't quite sure. So I was like, well, no, let me do 10, because, again, there's not really good places to end for the assignment. 10 felt pretty good. I know other times I've had some gripes with where we've ended on certain things, but 10 felt pretty good. I'm usually not good at it. I will admit, I'm I'm the weakest at ending an arc. Uh, but yeah, so he goes into this prismatic forest, and it is a whole new world. We've not seen any area that again. Looks they like saved this. the budget because there was so many colors and things going on There's at a all times. Shitload going it was on. Wild. Yeah. And I liked this bit here where he's commentating. This fight between the bees and the quad oh, yeah. beetle. The color commentary I'm from Emil. <laughs> now we'll go to Emil for color commentary. That is a beetle. Thanks, Emil. 
We appreciate it. Um, but he basically is watching this fight between all of these bees and this big fucking Hercules beetle. The bees are attacking the shit out of it and it's not going down. The beetle eventually kills all the bees and the queen. And then the rest of the bees that are left over, like yeah. basically sp- scatter because they don't have a queen anymore. And Rockero is then able to exploit what work has already been done to kill this beetle and get a bunch of rare materials yeah. from it. So while I was praising the the budget for everything else, this beetle was still shots being shaken around in a clip art for a couple shots. Mm-hmm. That that I was like, what? I, I guess pick and choose, but like have a few, <laughs> like a couple fewer flowers in the background, and then actually animate this son of a bitch. <laughs> I know that there are different tiers, like having a static versus a moving thing. But damn, don't make the moving thing static. Uh, this was this was also a moment where I appreciated us kind of seeing Rockero's luck stat come into play without explicitly telling us that. Because at this one point, he gets this like nectar sack from this other bug as a lootable item, mm-hmm. and in the description it says "fun to throw." Well, they're running away from the quad beetle, and he just like <laughs> sky hooks it somewhere. It happens to land on one of those mantis things. Oh, the mantis flower things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mimic mantis. Mm-hmm. And it pops up, and then the quad beetle fights that for a mm-hmm. second. And I was like, that's a good way of showing, like, what are the odds of that happening? Oh, it's his luck stat. Yeah. Which I thought was a cool way well, to illustrate. Or the other way is thinking of it as, oh, if we give him a high luck stat, then we can just do crazy shit and just attribute it to the hey, luck stat. It <laughs> hey. works for Konosuba. <laughs> I'm fine with it, yeah. <laughs> It's one of the best parts of Konosuba, his his bullshit luck stat just coming in clutch every now and then. Um, but the the mini on this one had like an interview with Pencilgon, who apparently is a like high class model because mm-hmm. she mentioned she talks about her beauty in some of the earlier episodes where she's introduced, which I was like, oh, that's weird, but whatever. Oh no, she's mm-hmm. actually like a like a like a, a model, like a, an industry. Uh, titan like heavy hitter yeah and but there's she, she was talking about like uh because they had these uh five second questions or something right the interview mm-hmm. and then she's talking about like what she likes and it, the energy she gave where she talks about how well she likes killing people in the games yeah and i was like man this feels like uh that one rick and morty guy's like oh boy i do love killing here oh, i go boy, killing again I, michael crombopulous crombopulous <laughs> yeah <laughs> Our Krombopulous Michael's like, oh boy, here I go killing again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just the energy of like, man, I love killing, but it's just like kind of like so matter of fact and just mm-hmm. casual. Um, but yeah, episode this t- episode, well, this episode ends mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. him finding the location of the area boss yeah. for the mm-hmm. prismatic forest. And then, yeah, episode 10. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's okay. Because we see, we, we finally, we don't really get a lot of this. We get to see a regular group of people adventuring mm-hmm. like the uh, regular people just kind of hang out in towns but this is the first time because i because w- i was curious if this was like instanced or you know like a set off set off dungeon or something like that but nope mm-hmm. this is just in the world apparently and these three players go in and uh they see the spooky clown <laughs> thing at the end of the episode and then 10 
Because <laughs> uh, once you engage the boss, the area closes off. Clown spider. It's not just a spooky clown thing. <laughs> clown spider. <laughs> Which is, uh, clown spider. I mean, and, you realize and, how that's even spookier, right? I yeah. do, but I don't want the listeners to, if they haven't watched the show, to just think <laughs> yeah, that they're yeah. fighting a clown They're in this now. colorful forest with bugs. Like, this isn't this clown man from shows Final up. Fantasy VI. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's fair. Also, it like sometimes looked like it had like a big mustache, and that would come and go depending on the shot. Which yeah, not didn't like that. But the reg- regular players are taking on the boss, and they're getting smoked. <laughs> <laughs> and it shows the one guy fall all the way down, and he's like, "Oh f this! I gotta climb all the way back up there." <laughs> yeah. And then it shows the rock come down and just smash him. And Emil's reaction of, like, screaming. And then this was another moment of localization that I loved because Sudraku goes, F's in chat, everybody. Ooh. <laughs> I laughed my ass off at that. Yeah, in the sub, he calls him, Mr. Okay, okay, Mr. Pancake, and then just continue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Which, and I even, when I first watched the show, there were moments like that where I was like, that seems like a pretty Western joke. Let me pop over. Mm-hmm. to the sub to see if it like carries that same energy and this was one of the more notable ones mm-hmm. yeah where it's like sure. a goodbye mr pancake and then just f's in chat everybody it's like that's fucking good yeah he because in the sub he had one of the shticks was that sunraku would just give everyone silly names and just refer kind of like what i do sometimes <laughs> when i just <laughs> start giving people shitty nicknames um so i appreciate that uh mm-hmm but we're, the spider apparently is in this giant hollow tree with webs here and there, and then is one of its favorite forms of attack is just dropping heavy shit on him on shit. people. Yeah. Which yeah, so I mean, Haku, if, if you're way up high and want to be lazy, seems like the easiest way yeah, to deal and, with your problems. Yeah, and, and your game has like velocity based damage. <laughs> mm-hmm. May as well use it. Fall mechanics and shit like that. Hell yeah. Yep, you know. But yeah, Rockero is able to ascend this thing and basically start attacking this spider. The spider starts falling and it starts to shoot out like Spider-Man style, like a web to try and catch itself. <laughs> Sunrock goes, oh no you don't! <laughs> Pulls out a throwing knife to like throw and again Luxstat, because I doubt his dexterity is that high, where it's able to get in the path of the like web that it's shooting out to like block it. Mm-hmm. So that this thing does continue to fall. And it like falls, takes a bunch of damage. And then they go on top of this by him dropping all of that shit. Yeah, he's cutting all the all the sh- all the shit loose. Like all the shit that the spider had dragged up there and was dropping on people. Now Sanraku is dropping it on the spider. So at some point in this fight, he does like an aside, he looks at the camera and says something. And his beak actually flaps. And I yeah. don't I know he talks and sometimes it'll move, but this time it was full on like mouth opening flap. Did that always happen or did that some one animator just, just a goof? bit? Just a bit. Okay. Okay. So sometimes they do it. Sometimes they don't. It's not consistent. It's just a funny bit. Okay. Okay. Uh, but then he started having some PTSD with the, I guess maybe when he saw the, uh, oh yeah, the, the, the silly clown thing. Um, he saw that, and then he starts seeing Lycagon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess he kills it with some good crits and stuff, and uh, he, well, he yeah he does, he does a diving crit on it to finish it off. 
Yeah, without his, taking any damage. Yep, there's no hit nerd. <laughs> but yeah, at this point, uh, Sunraku gets uh, a private message from Pencilgon that is basically saying, like, hey, you need to meet me and unite the rounds. Which was an interesting thing of, like, oh, why doesn't Pencilgon want to meet in this game? And also, why don't they just send me a message with whatever they want to talk about? Do they explain that? Uh, later, again. Oh, it's like... It, it's definitely, uh, we need to take this off game because it's so hush-hush-hush-hush. Yeah, yeah, but, like, vibe, but it seemed like they were just accessing their own private emails in the game. Or was that just the messaging system that just happened to look like Outlook? I think it just happened to look like that, but it did seem like, because we see when the other girls are looking at the forums, that other people can see your chat boxes. Oh. Because it does show, like, someone else, like, looking over their shoulder, reading the chat box mm-hmm. along with them. Okay. Or, yeah. like, reading a message along with them. So, I, it's one of those things where it's not, like, explicitly stated, but it, that's how I took okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It seemed un- like an unnecessary level of uh, skullduggery Secrecy. to yeah. <laughs> to do this when it's just like, yo, just send me a text. I don't know. Yeah. Like in real life. Um, but, but yeah, also Katsu, who uh, was Sunraku's friend from both Burp and Unite the Rounds, mm-hmm. starts playing the game as well. And we see Katsu like taking out Mud Digger. So, like, some of the places that we've already been as the audience and with Sunraku, Katsu is now... Yeah, they're speedrunning that shit. Well. And, and having no problems. Yeah, yeah, because they, they're, like, standing over Mud Digger and going, like, ah, soloing these bosses isn't the challenge they made it out to be when Sunraku yeah. barely squeezed by with help. Mm-hmm. So, so we set that <clears throat> this person is also Sunraku or higher caliber player yeah we get that expectation yeah. set for us that they're a fucking monster yeah, and they mentioned that he's a pro gamer he's a versus, pro gamer versus a trash gamer like because uh, we because kn- we know pro gamers are better at gaming i mean sometimes but- sometimes but being <laughs> like, a being a professional gamer isn't necessarily <laughs> means that you have the skill you just are the popular one I'll say that depends on the game. Depends on the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, because fighting games, you don't get, you're not a pro gamer in a fighting game for being popular. It's because you're fucking good. Sure, 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 sure. So, um, but yeah, Rockero and Katsu are like very suspicious of why the fuck Pencil Gun wants to meet off game or off platform on a different platform. And in this moment, we also do get a real world cut where. Ray is trying to talk to Rockero, and finally she does talk to him. She's like, "Oh, you're playing Shangri-La Frontier while I'm playing that game too." And Sunraku's like, "Oh shit, hold on, I got a message." Which also was kind of like <sighs> real shitty. Yeah, of Sunraku. Real shitty Sunraku. Why doesn't she just? I, I'm I, at this point. I'm tired of Ray's uh, reluctance to just be direct. Dan, I don't know how to tell you this, but this is an anime. I know. I know, but they've <laughs> met in-game, and now they're talking out of game, and then she's still keeping up this separate identity bullshit, which that's the part that I'm like, I'm over already. Mm-hmm. 
I get it. But it, 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 it doesn't ruin the show or anything. But yeah, it's anime where everyone interrupts everyone and they never get to complete their sentence. Ever. <laughs> Even though it's got very crucial information every single goddamn time. I mean, that is also not exclusively an anime trope. That is also very well much used in Western media. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It's, it's so just obnoxious. a media trope, period, unfortunately. Yeah. Just write better stories, people. Yeah. Like, you can if still we, have... If we, <laughs> if we talk about this now and solve it, we won't have five more episodes of this to do with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's like, sorry, I got an email. And it's like, you've got, like, a, a girl that's obviously interested in talking to you. Bro. At least be polite. In Sun Raku's defense here, I've never known when a girl is interested in talking to me. I've never been able to pick sure, up on it. Sure, fair. Totally fair. But I don't know. Someone's talking but to I'm you. But I'm also not the rude kind of like, let me check my email while we're having a conversation. Oh, then, but she does oh, say, oh shit, that's the double email. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I gotta be out now, sorry. Uh, but yeah, so he rushes off to meet uh, Arthur and Katsu for whatever the fuck Arthur's got going on. And this is where Arthur tells about the plan about Weathermon. Like, basically gives this, this is the first time anyone outside of the guild is getting any information about Weathermon, the Tomb Guard, and how Ashura Kai has leveled up by basically exploiting, because they say that you get a shitload yeah. of experience just from even encountering him, which we saw with Lycagon. He shot up a few uh, levels Sorocus. just from attempting yeah. him, yeah. And so they're basically just exploiting this anytime he comes around under his spawn conditions of just, okay, now's the time to farm and rack up XP from this dude. Yeah, everyone shows up, gets XP, and runs away. Mm -hmm. But Pencilgon wants to kill Weathermon. And at first, we don't quite know the full reason. I will say we will get more of that and more reasoning soon. Uh, okay. So if you guys are worried about that, like it just dropping off, it doesn't. We do get more exposition okay. about that. But just that's beyond the scope of the assignment because I also didn't want to make this a super long assignment. Um. But they're basically like, okay, we're going to have to fight Weatherman, but he's got a condition where your level's not going to matter much because he drops everyone to level 50. But if you guys are under 50, you're still going to get murked. So at least get up to 50 at the very least. So we're setting up this next arc big thing. Training uh, montage. Do. Yep. <laughs> got, got to train up enough before the expansion drops B before the big fight mm. oh yeah, there, yeah. there's a like a pirate a themed the expansion. summer yeah, yeah the frontier fleets coming out that sounds like tight zones but uh, so one of my issues with the show also is while it was like a fun adventure and it was a comedy i didn't like i, I was looking for what were the stakes mm -hmm. right like what, what like what, you know is it sorted online someone gonna die is there a man sneaking into people's houses and shooting them you know, <laughs> at the end of a PvP match. <laughs> or not shooting them, uh, doing their heart stoppy bullshit. Whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, like what what's 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 the what's the thing? Like is it just adventure? And we kinda get a little tease of that where Sunraku logs back into the game and Emil is just staring at him above his face. <laughs> just, like, Good morning. It's like, what do you do when I'm gone? Wait for you to get back. Um <laughs> yeah. and they had that kind of energy. But then they were talking, I don't know who, who was talking about it, but they said, yep, once NPCs die, they're gone. And well, because uh, Sunraku tells 
Emil like what the deal is. Like, you, oh, oh you we're going to fight Weatherman yeah. the Tomb Guard. And Emil flips out and is like, I've got to tell Dad. And like doesn't correct herself for the first mm-hmm. time ever either. Is just like, I've got to go tell my dad what's going on. Yeah. And makes a portal right there and sprints away. And then we get kind of a cutback flashback to why Emil might be freaking out. and But also why he, she can't come. Yeah. Because Sunraku asks Pencilgon, like, hey, well, I'm in a party with this NPC. What happens to her? And Pencilgon's like, you're not going to want to take that NPC anywhere near him. If Weathermon kills that NPC... She'll never respawn. She'll be dead forever out of the game. Yeah. So that's that's another big uh, grab for me is that like the stakes are now suddenly high, potentially, mm-hmm. if you know, depending on how they execute it. And Emil, mm-hmm. they've they've made to up to be this like fantastic, lovable character that mm-hmm. um, would be sad to have him go. So I'm in. I'm like I'm like, all right. <laughs> the stakes are high. We're gonna <laughs> someone's going to literally die. It's an NPC. We might get some war crimes soon. Hell Who knows? Yeah. If I if I play my cards right. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's where this one ends with basically Emil running to Vice Ash to explain what the fuck is going on and f- and is freaking out about the implications of what's happening. So that's ten episodes. Let's get into it, boys. What did we think? What are them scores? Dan, you were up first. Okay. Um. So, first couple episodes, pacing were rough. I, dub aside, so I, I should have probably just restarted with the sub just to get a fresh view on them. There mm-hmm. were dips in the quality and animation, but when it popped off, it was it was definitely there. Um, story's interesting enough. It took a little bit long to get me engaged, but you know, once I got there, I was in. Uh. With just the 10 episodes, I'm probably going to give it a good 7-7, seven, seven, I think. You know, it could it could, it could very well pop up to... I don't... I can't imagine this will break like an 8-5 ever. It just doesn't seem to be that type of show where like, oh my god, this is the best thing ever. I'm learning new things about myself and life. Or, you know, it's not going to be world-shatteringly good. But I think this has definitely has the potential to, you know start reaching up there but from what we saw in the 10 it's just like a good version of this trope story you know mm-hmm. video game slash kind of isekai fantasy type thing yeah seven seven okay nick what about you i think mal has basically nailed this one exactly it has it currently at a 7.98 and i'm gonna give it an eight so mm. uh as dan just mentioned it's not really doing anything profound or new. It's just very well executed kind of candy, basically. Um, pretty low calorie, very easy to binge. Not telling you a whole lot about the human condition or anything. It's just kind of a <laughs> fun like show about a theoretical VR MMO. And for what it's doing, it's doing it very well. As Dan mentioned many, many times, some animation issues are showing some cracks. <laughs> the studio is probably not capable of giving this like the full 10 out of 10 treatment um this is the highest rated thing they have on mal right now and a lot of their previous best works were in kind of in the seven five range so it just it has some light issues it's not a 
like prestige drama or top tier comedy or anything like that, but jokes seem to land pretty well and it does the video game concept very well. So definitely props for that and music overall, very solid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, I enjoy the shit out of this and I will say some of the gripes that I have heard uh, from you two in today's episode, I don't share them. Or at least they don't bother me as much. Mm-hmm. It's more of a, like, I'm not bothered. I just notice them, and I'm like, oh, okay, that could have been better. But it's not a gripe, really. Um, and some of the gripes I have are really from my own expectations of video games. And, like, kind of the thing I said earlier where it's, like, the PvP, like, a low-level player wouldn't even be able to hurt him. But that's, I got to not get out of that mind frame, because in Dark Souls, it doesn't matter the level difference. I could hurt you. Yeah, in Dark PvP, Souls 2 had a ladle. And I loved yeah. that ladle. <laughs> Beating people with a ladle is hilarious. Um, but for me, overall, I am enjoying the shit out of this. I will say I even enjoyed it more on the rewatch because there was a lot more uh, like little things that I noticed more, like Sunraku's luck stat coming into play without us noticing it hmm. or without it being explained. Uh, different things like that where there is some love and care put into the world that I noticed on the first time, but then I noticed more on the second watch through that made me enjoy it more. I'm going to give this an eight five with the full expectation that it's going to get better, to be honest with you. Because for me, the show has just been getting better and better and better and better where I started it off on a whim. And I was like, ah, this might just be enjoyable, kind of whatever to put on in the background to pass the time. And for the first couple episodes, I was like, yeah, I get it. It's okay. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I'm actually starting to enjoy this. Oh, I'm really liking this too. Oh, I'm fucking invested. So if it keeps that same pace and momentum and like executes the ending well as well, this could be a top tier shit for me. This could be a triple A God tier title. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> But yeah, for right now, just because I have not finished, I'm giving it an 8.5 with the expectation that I will probably and hopefully rate it higher as it continues. Yeah, I've, I... And also, yeah, OP banger, ending banger, second OP, you guys haven't gotten there yet. I might like it better than Ooh, the first OP. That's fun. So... Yeah, I also fully expect this my because my score is seven seven. It's just the first couple episodes and then some quality dips. As the mm-hmm. story kind of comes into its own and we get payoffs, I imagine my score will go up. But right now the story is fine. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah, I think there could be definitely some payoffs later. Well, well and that's you raise an interesting point about like well, what are the stakes? And normally I agree with you, but this one I kind of didn't care about the stakes because I was just having so much fun. Oh sure, yeah, like, I, it was. A, I, I'm I still enjoying either. this, and I didn't need. Oh sure, stakes. like like Bofuri has zero stakes, but yeah. it's just them adventuring together, having a nice time. Um, mm-hmm. But this one, since it had a slightly more like adult leaning, not, not I don't know, adult, slightly more serious in the world, mm-hmm. and like the PvP and the killing is just a little a little more intense. I expected more stakes to show up versus Bofuri is really cutesy and everyone's working together and having fun. I expect that to not have high stakes. Yeah, that's uh, fair. But then, you know, they tease it a little bit uh, with Emil and the NPC stuff. So, you know, that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. No war but crimes. Yeah, so no war crimes, though. What a shame. No war crimes. Yet, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. So this is one of the few shows uh, 
it's not a totally unique thing, but where our our average is higher than the male average. Usually it's the other way around. What's our average? What would it be like a seven point nine? Would be the average? Something between like that. The, between the three of us, yeah, it'd be a, uh it'd be like an eight one. Oh real okay. Yeah, because it was what was it? Seven, seven, eight, eight, and eight, five, five. eight. Yeah. Okay. And what's the mal? Mal seven nine. Seven point nine eight. So it's not a huge gap, but not a huge gap, but still. Okay, cool. But yeah, so that was ten episodes of Shangri-La Frontier. It seems like across the board, we all at least enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say scores from my perspective are a little opposite in this scenario where I thought, Dan, you would enjoy it more, and I thought, Nick, you would enjoy it less. So I am always pleasantly surprised when that happens. Not not that I don't want someone to not enjoy an assignment <laughs> I give, but yeah, I yeah, expected yeah. a little bit of a different outcome. Yeah, so it's no, I imagine this will hit later. It's because... Just the it has it had some rough start stuff that I think mm-hmm. is where my score like it could have been like an eight, but it just had some technical stuff that I just did not yeah did not like. honestly for me like the dub being a problem for you the dub is part of what elevated this for me so what so much like the the dub direction the localization I think are great like. That like F's in chat. Thing. Oh sure, fucking excellent. If if I were the, there for that and enjoying the dub like otherwise, mm-hmm. that would have been top tier, and I would it would have probably affected my score that I would have been laughing that much more. Yeah, and connected with it because of the localization. But mm-hmm. I I just could not get past the main character talking to himself, screaming most I, of the time. I can get that. I can get that for the first episodes because I mean that's what ruins Black Clover for a lot. Yeah, of people. yeah, yeah. Like at least Austin was talking to other people. It was just him talking to himself, and it just m- compounded my issue with it so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a shame because you know there were other characters who could have you know provided excellent performances that I just missed out. I would say if you're up for it, some later episodes, give him a chance at the dub again, yeah. just to see. Like now that he's interacting with other people on the regular. Just give it another chance. I I I would be surprised if you have that same. Because my my like my top of the hill for English dubs is still eighty six. I thought everyone killed it in that. They did, but they yeah, weren't they doing. They weren't having to do a lot of the anime bullshit. They were doing more of a dram- dramatic, realistic yeah. approach. So I liked that. Um, and I mean, I've I've said it before. I'm always guilty of enjoying comedy more in the dub than I do the sub. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah so comedy like, such a yeah. personal thing, I think, mm-hmm. and subjective. So for sure. But yeah, all right. So that was ten episodes. We all pretty much liked it. I hope you listeners liked listening to us talking about shit. And uh, next week, Dan Well will be back in the host seat. So before we cue the music, War does anybody have any final thoughts or things they want to share, or just a fun platitude? Um, shout out to, there was some like gatekeeper podcast or something that has been interacting with us on Twitter at whomever run is running that they, they replied to us, like having our 100 episode competition, whatever, you know, they replied and, oh, uh, and yeah. he, he asked if it was, um, or they oh. asked if it was, uh, Umusume. 
and they they said the horse facts were gold or whatever. Shout out to that guy. Horse facts were amazing. Thank you. It, it, it's the anime blog site Beyond the Gate is the one. Beyond the Gate. That. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, you said gatekeeper. I was like, who the fuck are you talking well, about? I, I, cl- I clicked their thing and they talk about gatekeeping and stuff. Um, Specifically, yeah. they're trying to like take down gatekeeping yeah, the yeah, anime yeah. and make it accessible for everyone. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. The way you worded it made it sound like the other way, like they were gatekeeping. Oh, so I was kind of like, "Who are you, you talking know, about, Dan?" <laughs> and I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I hear, I hear you. <laughs> uh, but shout out to yeah, that. I need, I need more house. I need to do more horse facts. Obviously, <laughs> anytime there's a horse in an anime, they don't bust out the horse facts. Dan's like, "God damn it, I've got homework." Oh now. shit! All right, cool. All right, but until next week, have a good time and see y'all later. See ya. Catch you later. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Anime Backlog Podcast, as we took a look at the first 10 episodes of Shangri-La Frontier. Like most gamers, we like epic drops, so we think it would be epic if you dropped us a comment or dropped a review. That would be dope! Any help y'all could give us in helping to grow and spread the podcast would be super appreciated, and we are so thankful for all the love and support y'all have given us so far. If you want to follow along for our next anime saga, we go back to basics. War Crimes! As Dan assigns the first season of the Saga of Tanya the Evil. We would love it if you all followed us on social media at the handle at the Anime Backlog. You can find us on most major social media platforms. If you want to follow us individually on Twitter, you can do so with me at MarcusRVO, Dan at Avarice77, and Nick at Nick Sparts. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next Wednesday. Take care.